He's a sulky, over-funky, kinda hulky superhero. A two-fisted and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero. The Marvel superheroes have arrived. Hello and welcome to Marvel Vision, a Marvel Studios TV show podcast brought to you by Cinema Sanga. I am one of the hosts of the program, Devin Franchi, joining me as he traditionally does. My name is Derek Franchi and I ain't no Mr. Cool, I'm a pig, I'm a dog, so excuse me if I drool. Is that your second Weezer in a row? Did I do Weezer last week? I couldn't remember. You did a Weezer in the last couple episodes, I don't remember if it was last week, or we have like six different podcasts, so I can't even keep track of what you do on which one. what I did, yeah. Um, How you doing? Uh, I'm good, how are you? I am all right. I had a week off from my day job and I had to go back to work today. Oh, um, yeah, it really, it really sucks, man. <laughs> Cause like a week off is not enough time. I, I guess think it's, it's not just, it's too much time. I think. No, because you start to think like, Oh, I like not doing that. And then. Well, I know that I doing that. And then you have to go back to doing it. I know. I like not doing that. Like when I'm doing that, I know I like not doing that. So the thing is that in a week, you're just beginning to feel like you might be able to actually start decompressing from the nightmare of your day job. Yeah. And then you have to go right back to it. Like, cause a couple of days you have stuff you got to get done. You know what I mean? Like, and then you have like a day where you just like crash because you're tired and then, and then you have other stuff that you have to do in your life that like takes up time. And then at the end of like seven days, you're like, fuck, like if I had seven more days, what could I do? And the answer is lay in bed and play candy crush, but that's still a pretty good thing. (laughs) It's still a really good thing. Yes. Uh, What what, what have you been up to? Uh, Nothing exciting. Just hanging around. You saw RRR. I did. The the best movie of the year. Possibly the best movie of all time. (laughs) I was, you called me about it and you were so jazzed up. I was like, I can't believe we're not recording this. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were over the fucking moon jazzed up. I love it. I love it. I think it's such an amazing movie. And I think Marvel and DC and Warner Brothers and every studio, every American studio should watch that movie and be like, why aren't our action movies this good? Like, what are we doing wrong? Why are we afraid to have a guy throw a tiger at another guy? You know, <laughs> that's the question. Because like, and, and I said this on Twitter, that's not even a top five great moment. That's a moment where I feel like it's okay to spoil it for people. Right. Like that's not a like that's not one of the great great moments. Like that's just a moment. You know. That's not even the best moment in that scene. It's oh my god, that movie's so good. It's so good. Somebody said that we should do RRR for Watchmen, our superhero movie podcast, and I think there's an argument to be made for that. The only thing is I think that that would just be a couple of hours of us going, "Wasn't it cool when he did this?" Yes. Wasn't yeah. that part cool? I don't, I don't yeah. think there's going to be like a lot of discussion. I yeah. think it's mostly just saying how cool it was. Yeah, because they are superheroes. They have superpowers. Nobody else has those abilities. It's not like right. everybody It's in a heightened world. They're the only two guys that can do that kind of stuff, right? And I guess maybe, uh, what's his name, the bad guy, the British bad guy. Yeah. He does like a, a super movement at one point, but well, he only does one. But yeah, they're mutants or something. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about uh, movies from India to know if they – normally have characters that also just happen to have superpowers or that's a rarity. The the director has said that his vision was to sort of turn these historical figures into superheroes. Okay. So, uh, that was, yeah, he definitely did. Uh, 
if you listening to this, RRR is available on Netflix. It's uh, an Indian film. It's about three hours, but it's going to feel like about 45 minutes of your it life. It flies. It fucking flies. Uh, it it is. The version on, on Netflix is dubbed in Hindi. The original movie is in, I'm probably going to say this wrong, Telugu, uh, which is a different uh, dialect. And uh, I have watched it both in theaters and on Netflix. And I do think that the in theaters where they have the original language is better. Um, but at the end of the day, it, watching it with dub is better than nothing. I will say I watched it on Netflix. And I have like a Atmos setup for for audio, and the Atmos in the movie is fantastic. It's beautiful. So if you have Atmos, it's well worth it for that. I mean, it's like the most extreme ex- minutes. Is like the 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 opening logo for like the production company is some of the be- best Atmos I've ever heard. Like that's how this movie like opens with like this production company logo is the greatest thing ever, and you're like it is. This is great, and then the movie gets better. So there you go. It's the most expensive Indian film ever made. I couldn't figure out how much it cost. Because I couldn't, I couldn't understand how how the money works. What was it that you didn't understand? Because the budget for it was, I, I can't remember what the the type of money was, but the money is called. Okay. Um, but it's not what like I guess the the uh, crore c r o r e, and the budget was a hundred one. I, I guess one million one hundred fifty thousand to one two. I don't know. It was five point five billion yeah. rupee. Okay, so it was five point five billion because crore c r o r e is like a, a ten thousand of something, and I was like, I can't figure this out. I'm too stupid. So, so I just gave up trying to figure out what the budget on it was. Because <laughs> uh, I want to know, like, how, like, what is the budget compared to, say, a Marvel movie? Like, like, where would it fall if you if you translated it to dollars? Uh, it cost in uh, American dollars uh, about seven million dollars. That's insane. That's insane. Uh, if I'm doing my math right here, no, I'm not. I'm down one zero here. Okay. Uh, so, so one, seventy two, three. Million. Yeah, it's seventy million. Still insane. I'm getting maybe they don't pay extras because there's a million extras in the movie too, so I don't know. I don't know. How I mean, yeah, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of stuff here. Yeah, yeah. There's a Take lot going on. Take note, studios. <laughs> Do stuff like that. Like like just the scope of it is so amazing. It's like there's these large shots with hundreds of people running around and doing stuff, and it's like, and I'm sure some of them are like CG people, like as mm-hmm. it goes further back, but it's impressive. It's huge. Yeah. This movie. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I was an episode of Monk that I think had more extras than most Marvel movies have. Yeah, the thing about a Marvel movie is you watch them, it's about six people in them. Uh, you really, and you feel it. You feel how little they are. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, crazy, weird. frankly. It's weird when, like, the streets of New York are just empty all the time. Yeah, I mean, it really, uh, it really sucks. Yeah. I don't know why they do that. Um... Speaking of superhero movies, do we have superhero movie news? We do. What do we got? Uh, I Am Groot will be coming to Disney Plus on August 10th. So we'll start with that. That's is it going to be all the episodes dropping at once or is it like a weekly shorts? It sounds like they're all dropping at once. Okay. Because it says I Am Groot Marvel Studios original shorts coming August 10th. So I don't know. Okay. 
Uh, James Gunn has said that it's not really continuity, but it, maybe it is. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, in some terrifying news, Warner Brothers wants Todd Phillips to take on more of a leadership role for their DC movies. Incredible. What a wild thing to hear. <laughs> it's insane. I, and I say that as even as a person who liked Joker. I think Joker's a very fun, very good movie. I think it's a very good movie. I, I don't know how you sit down and be like, Todd, we love what you did with Joker. What are your thoughts on, uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, uh, you know, Amazing Man. <laughs> it's so him. weird. I mean, I wonder, did James Wan turn them down? Um, I don't know. I, I Maybe they didn't even go to James Wan. I don't know. I can't. Well, actually, it's funny because I'm the head of the new management over there. So actually, I don't even know what the thought process is because James yeah. Wan has been Warner Brothers guy, yeah, um, very much so. And then he made the billion dollar Aquaman, um, the movie that made Entourage come to life. And yeah. uh, you would think that he might be the guy they go to and say, "Hey, we want you to like really oversee this. You've done such a, a pretty good job with the Conjuring universe. Why don't you take some of that stuff and bring it to DC?" He has more of a populist film aesthetic even yeah. if he is a little bit dark yeah. in what his interests are. But Todd Phillips, I can't even imagine. Maybe it'll be amazing. Maybe that's the thing. It's going to be fucking incredible. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it, it, made, it made me feel very sick. Is how it made me feel. <laughs> like, no, what? They're about to fuck this up all over again. Yeah, like, even worse. Yeah, well, we'll see. And again, they I like Joker, but like. Can it really be worse? Yes, I think it can be. Yes, I do. I do. Uh, good news for Marvel. Doctor Strange has crossed $900 million worldwide. And it's coming home in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we, we live in a world where Doctor Strange makes more money than Batman. Yep. Think on that. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's a weird thing because when Iron Man started doing that, that was when I was like, oh, this is a brave new world. Like Iron, Iron Man is Iron Man beat a number of Batman movies. Iron Man 3? But did Iron Man 3 beat Dark Knight? No, the Dark Knight was like one of the biggest superhero movies of all time. Right, yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying like in terms of the yeah, money that it made, yeah. you know, like he is a little bit more uh, reliably bringing your movie to, to a billion dollars than, yeah. than, than Batman is these days. Batman has been heavily devalued. It's funny because Batman obviously was devalued in Bat by, by, by Batman Begins, right? Because that yeah. movie didn't make a lot of money. And they almost didn't do a sequel. And then the Dark Knight came out and it was a gazillion trillion dollars. And then yeah. the Dark Knight Rises did really, really well off of that. But then they re-devalued Batman with BVS. And then they really devalued Batman with the Batman by having, I think, that that window be so tight. I think yeah, they think hurt so. their own movie. I really do think so. I don't I, I I think the problem with the Batman is that the Batman is not a a family film. That's certainly part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to make, that was not a movie guaranteed to make a billion dollars, no matter what, even though, again, I like it very much, but I do think that the window really hurts. I think it's the kind of movie that, um, I think that with a little bit of space to play around in, especially in this, this late COVID period that we're in, when the competition at that time was pretty slim, giving it some space to play around in and not let people know it's going to be in at home, at home for free in 30 days. I yeah. think would have really made a difference. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Especially I, when folks are like, you hear how long it is, they go, oh, I'll watch it at home. I, I mean, I think that's part of it. It's really long, and it just looked like a, a, 
slog of them. Like the trailers were not like, this is an exciting Batman movie. It was like, Hey, this is going to be a real bummer of a film. And you know, I mean, there, there's definitely a place for that, but I, I, I don't think you hit a billion dollars when you're like, this movie's going to be a real bummer. <laughs> you know, Like who's the bad guy? It's the Riddler, but he looks like the Zodiac killer. Right. Oh, okay. You know, Oh, who else is in it? We got Catwoman again. Oh, okay. Like they, there was nothing excitingly new about it. I think from the onset or like for, for outsiders, it's like, Oh, it's the Riddler again. It's Catwoman again. It, it's, you know, Nirvana. And that's it. Like I was, uh, I was at an event this weekend and there were some people walking near me and um, they were singing something in the way because of Batman. That's they were young people. That's very weird. Or maybe it's not weird. What do I know? I'm, I'm sure I did the same thing when I was young and some movie came out that has a song that was 30 years old. Right. You know, like, Sweet Caroline. Exactly. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. All right. What else we got? Uh, the writers of Deadpool three have said that Disney said they can make it R. They can go hard on it. Very so curious about this. Very curious about this. I am so curious about this. I want to see how this R works and connected to the MCU. So I, don't know. I really want to see how this works. I am. I. I it's what what Disney's going to do with their R rated properties has been really interesting to me because they bought so many of them with Fox. Yeah, and. They're in a different space now, right? And they have like Hulu and stuff that they can. And they, by the way, in Europe on Disney Plus, they put R-rated movies on there. Well, the Europeans have always been much more. Uh, yeah, that's part of it too. But like, it's not just that; it's that they have no other way to put those movies out. So they put R-rated yeah. content on Disney. I think Disney Plus in Europe might have the Sex Pistols TV show on it. Really? I think so. Yeah. That's wild. It's totally. Actually, I'm pretty. I'm positive that the first trailer I saw was a Disney Plus Britain trailer for the Sex Pistols TV show. So, like, it, now how's that's going to work in America? I don't know, but it's interesting, and I'm very curious to see what they do with Deadpool um, in terms of being R-rated and having the Disney logo. I guess there's not. There really isn't a Disney logo, right, in front of the Marvel movies. No, it's just the Marvel logo. From yeah, Marvel. I am really curious, though. I am really, really curious. I, I can't, you know, back in the 80s, they created Touchstone Pictures, yeah, Buena Vista Pictures, so they could make more adult fare. Yeah. Um, they didn't want to be trapped in G-rated territory or PG-rated territory. They've pushed it to PG-13, but the, to go to R just seems so incredible to me. It's a pretty big jump, I think. But Yeah. I mean, maybe it's going to be, like, lightly connected to the MCU. And then... You know, they'll treat it kind of like Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man movies are the MCU, but they're never going to be on Disney Plus, right? So until Disney buy, buy Sony. Well, then, uh, or until they make a deal. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, these will be on, I mean, maybe they'll be on Hulu. I honestly don't know what they're going to do with it. I imagine I mean, Deadpool will go to Hulu. I mean, I, the connection to the MCU is easy. Or maybe it'll be like the X-Men movies and it'll be on HBO Max for some reason. The X-Men movies are on Disney Plus too. But they, they were on X, they were on HBO Max for like five months. Yes, because they had they had existing yeah, contracts, existing agreements. But it's just funny when you're like, oh, um, Hulk is on on HBO. Well, Hulk is a Universal movie. Yeah, but still, it was still a funny little thing. Um, but uh, the connection to the MCU is easy because Deadpool has connections to the Fox X Men movies, but not really. So yeah. you can do the same thing, right? That's not that's not a problem. Um, if anything, he's going to know that he's been bought by Disney. 
Yeah, they'll make Disney jokes. They'll do that kind of thing. Right. He'll be instead aware of a Hugh Jackman. And instead of a cut out of Hugh Jackman's face, he'll have Robert Downey Jr.'s face. And there you go. Look at that. I've already yeah. written half the script for him. You have. All right. What else we got? We got uh, back on the, the DC side, while Todd Phillips might be possibly leading the, the charge for, Mar- for DC movies, James Gunn, in an interview with Playlist, discussed how he has multiple TV shows, DC TV shows in the works, and has discussed doing a Suicide Squad sequel or perhaps another DC movie, but he's going to play around with TV for a while first. Good for him. He's really, TV's really a good space for him. Yeah. He says he loves it. He's like, he's like you get so much more time to, to play with the characters, to like really dig into them, and he really loves it. So he said uh, the next movie might be outside of DC, but it could be a DC movie that has to do with these characters. Does that mean Suicide Squad movie or something else that's uh, within the, the world but a little different than that? I'm not exactly sure. We, I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but he's doing an Amanda Waller TV show. He's producing one. Okay, he's not writing it. And he makes it very clear in this interview that has not been greenlit yet. Okay. He makes it very clear. He says, uh, where is that? Uh, We haven't even announced the TV series yet. Uh, He responded, uh, there's a lot of stories out there about what's happening. Some of them are accurate. Some of them are not. When asked about the Amanda Waller show. Huh. So there you go. I, I really feel like he's going to – he must be thinking like Ratcatcher, right? Like she was a great character. The actress is in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Like he's clearly likes working with her. I imagine he's like, we should do a Ratcatcher thing. And I imagine Warner Brothers may agree because she was a very – she was a loved character. And she's one yeah. of the three that are still alive. And she's probably the cheapest actor to get of those three that are still alive. Yeah, she's a good character. She's really in his wheelhouse in terms of characters to play with. You can do a lot of weird, fun things with her. You can bring Taika YCT back into the universe and flashbacks. I mean, like, there's like a lot. Uh, of uh, uh, King Shark. Yeah. He can be in it. Yeah, there's, there's a lot you can really do, I think, with, yeah. with that character. And it's such a character that's in his specific zone. Peacemaker yeah. and Ratcatcher are the two characters most in his zone yeah. in, in that movie. I mean, they're yeah. all in his zone on some level, but those are the ones that feel like characters that he just would do generally yes i agree that, that i can see him having a lot of stories that he would love to do with them right but and i mean he's obviously doing peacemaker season two and then maybe some other shows so maybe he'll run the the dc tv side and we'll see how that goes i mean he seems like the obvious guy to run this shit but he probably doesn't want to run it he probably wants to make movies and tv shows yeah i agree i agree uh sticking with james gunn uh uh, Maria Bakalova from Borat 2 uh, is in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but nobody knows what the role is. He won't say. Good for her. She's terrific in that movie. She was very good in that movie, yeah. Yeah. And James Gunn made it clear that a couple of weeks ago when he when he said that there's a, 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 a an actor that everyone would be excited about, it was not her that wow. he was talking about. So there's still somebody shocking to appear in the movie, apparently. Wow. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to know what it, when they put these characters in, these actors in. Sometimes it's like one of those like, is she really an important character, or is it like um, she's, in like, she's in a scene, or is she like what's her name in the first Guardians? Glenn Close. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we're Glenn Close in Guardians of the Galaxy, and like oh, she's in two scenes and she does exposition. Yeah, but now she's also the main character in a ride. 
She is a main character, right? Glenn Close has become the main character, right? Very strange. Do they give out awards for actors and rides? Not yet, but to give it time. But they give out awards for rides, right? There is some kind of like. I'm sure there is. I'm sure right? that there is some. People so she's going to win an award for that. She's like, I'm getting every award that exists. That's what I'm doing. Uh, so I don't know if 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 this lady's going to have a real role or or is going to be uh, just sort of a character who shows up and does some things. Um, it's like hard to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I uh, saw some people thinking that she might be Moon Dragon. Um, I was thinking she might be her. She could be her. Um, uh, Moon Dragon does make some sense to be in this movie. Um, her shit is deeply tied in with the Celestial Messiah stuff and all this Adam Warlock business and all that yeah. total craziness. Um, so, you know, it's possible. I mean, she could be. Um, she's had another bald character in the Guardians verse. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I can't. Moon I just. Dragon Asian? In no, game? you're thinking of what's her name? Who. Um, is Asian in the movie. I, I'm thinking of somebody who hasn't shown Mantis. up. Mantis. No, I'm not thinking of Mantis. I'm, but I am thinking of somebody. Who are you I thinking of? Moon Dragon. I think I was thinking of Moon, Moon Dragon. Moon Dragon's name is Heather Douglas. I don't know. Maybe it's not. And Moon I think Dragon. that she's. Um, was she a member of the Avengers at some point? Yeah, I mean, everybody was. Her her story is so fucking weird because she's Heather Douglas and her dad died and then was reanimated and turned into Drax the Destroyer. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, so, like, it's, like, very strange. So, like, her so like what happened is that, like, um, she got then taken to Titan uh, and then she was raised in a monastery where she learned uh, all this stuff. I mean, I'm looking at art of her right here. Oh, no, that's Mantis. That's weird. That no, Mantis is, Mantis is Vietnamese. Yeah. Maybe I am. Maybe yeah, I'm that's what you're thinking of. No, it's very confusing. But they both have like very similar costumes too, don't mm -hmm. they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, look at that. I can't oh. imagine Moon Dragon will have her traditional MCU costume, which is sort of like lingerie. Yes. Yeah. It is like a bikini lingerie. Yeah. It's pretty revealing. It really, it really is. Yep. Not, um, not I a lot left to the imagination. I think that she's gay. I don't know. I think she might be gay. I don't. I'm trying to remember what the storyline is here on this, but I, uh, she, I mean, this doesn't mean that she's not. But I thought in the '80s, although maybe I'm still mixing her up with, with Mantis. I thought she had she was dating uh, Wonder Man. She probably was. Or Hawkeye. I, mean, I, I thought she was dating Hawkeye. That's who it was. She might have been, um, but uh, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I know. I I thought that she might be like hooking up with Philovel, but I can't remember this this information off the top of my head. I don't feel like looking it up. And Hawkeye and Moon Dragon had a miniseries together. So there you go. They, they, they were a multiple issue arc in Look, Iceman presents. Iceman used to be straight. Yeah. Until he wasn't. You know, I I um. Tim Drake was straight until he wasn't. Like it's you know well, as time moves on and we we change up the characters to fit modern day. You know what though, Iceman they didn't change him up. No. So I listened to a really excellent podcast called Cerebro, um, yes. where they do like these like three and a half hour deep dives on X-Men characters. And they went over the Iceman story and they went through Iceman's history. And it's like so clear he's been gay from the very beginning. 
Well, uh, I mean, it was like an inside secret, at, like not secret secret at Marvel. It was right. like, yeah, Iceman's gay. But no, like, I think Claremont wanted to make him gay and they said no. So for just like 30 years, everyone wrote him gay without saying he was gay. Yeah, they just gave him like relationships that didn't work and that he was like not right in and never felt comfortable and couldn't be his true self. But in his very first fucking appearance, when um, Jean Grey comes to the uh, Professor X's school and all the boys go to the window and go, they're all like, wow, wow, wow. He's like, oh, girls. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to give that to Stan Lee. I think that's Stan Lee being like, he's the younger, so he's not into girls. No, it, no 100%, but like it actually, you can actually draw it all the way back to X Men yeah. 1, though. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, like when, when, when they revealed that Iceman was gay a decade ago, uh, people got really mad about the retcon. But once you actually go through the history, it's really not a retcon. It really is quite clearly a guy who's been in the closet, not just to his friends, but to himself for a yeah. huge part of his life. Yeah. I like that. I like that people got mad about that because people got mad, uh, like, the more conservative readers were mad that Iceman was gay now. And then more liberal readers were upset that Jean Grey outed him without his permission. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. It was good. Yeah. Everybody, everybody got something to get mad about. Everybody, good. everybody got angry at Bendis. <laughs> that's how that worked out. So, so that's how that goes. Moving on. Uh, yeah. Uh, we got images came out of the Blue Beetle suit for the Blue Beetle movie. And I think it looks really good. Looks really great. It looks fantastic. It really makes the flash suit look even dumber. Yep. Yeah, it's very, it's very, um, it's very uh, faithful. Yeah, yeah, it's really faithful. I was really surprised by how yeah. faithful it was. Yeah, it looks fantastic. I'm really excited about it. I think I'm very, very excited to see that. And it's a real suit too. It's the other thing, which is like yeah. in this day and age where everybody's wearing CGI suits all the time, uh, it really does feel like kind of wild to me. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm sure they're going to do CGI enhancements on it, but. Yeah, it looks great. I'm very excited. Yeah. And then finally, something not very exciting. This trailer for Sandman came out. Yeah. You know what? It does not look good, man. Here's my thought on it. He does not look good. Everything around him looks really good. Like the sets look great. Like when they go to the, to the dream world and it's like, oh, that looks fantastic. Like, oh, that looks really good. Like it looks like it's really well shot. It looks very well made. But he does not look like Morpheus. And I don't understand why he can't look like Morpheus. And I know it's a real nerdy thing to get caught on, but it drives me crazy. So my girlfriend went to this Netflix event and met him okay. and asked him about the eyes. And he, and he said, was like, in, in reality, I actually have black eyes with white pupils. He said that they had talked about it and that actually Neil Gaiman had been the one who said that he should not have the black eyes. They had done some tests and it just didn't look right. And he said, though, expect something to happen with his eyes in the course of the show. So I am maybe when maybe he's doing dream shit, he's got black eyes or something like maybe, that. I, yeah. I think it's stupid. And I just think it feels like I think you could do it. I think you could you could make it work. I think the black eyes with the white pupils, you could make it work. I think we've seen it work in like other movies and shows and stuff yeah. before. So I don't know why it wouldn't work now. Yeah. So I'm a little upset by that. It sounds like in the trailer, it sounds like he's got some kind of thing going on with his voice. So we'll see. But uh, I thought everything looked good except for him. He but just that's the thing. Look, like, I think like that's when he's got the helmet on, he looks awesome. Like, that's it. Oh, that's great. But when he's just like a normal flesh-toned guy with regular eyes, it's like, well, that's not Morpheus. Yeah, like when they're coming in, they're taking him out of the bubble that he's been imprisoned in for a century or whatever, and he just looks like a fucking naked guy. Like, it's yeah. just like, it's like, he looks like a little naked, like, he looks like a soft boy. Like, it's like very, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's good. I don't know. <laughs> he, he looks like, like the what's the 
the company that makes the ripoff movies of everything? The Asylum? Asylum. He looks like an Asylum version of Robert Pattinson for like the he, for Twilight. He definitely does. That's their their yeah. vampire saga Dusk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's upsetting. That's too bad. Well, we'll see. Maybe the show will be good, though. Hopefully. All right. We got any other news? Sam Keith gets a nice pay- paycheck. Oh, yeah. You want Keith David to get paid. Yeah, he will get paid. No, he's, Sam Keith. He's, not Keith David. Keith I'm David sorry, Sam David Keith. Well, Keith, you want Keith David to get paid, too, though, I right? want Keith David to get paid every day for everything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I meant Sam The dude Keith. should walk down the street and everyone should just hand him money all the time. He's like one of the greatest people of all time. My brain can't do Sam Keith, Keith, David, David, Keith. My, my, my brain can't do it. Like, it's just, it's too much. It's too much. And like, imagine that. Toby Keith. Oh, my goodness. Imagine that buddy comedy. Uh, <laughs> it's too many Keiths. Too many, too many Keith variations. The Keith variations. <laughs> it sounds like, like, like the, the next born spinoff. The Keith variations. <laughs> Keith variations. Uh, we got any other news? Uh, is that it? That's it. That's we all got the trivia. News. We got trivia. Uh, who invented the sol- super soldier serum? We did this one already. Oh, we did? Okay. Last Josh Brolin voices which character in the MCU? It's a tough one. Boy, I don't know. Uh, gosh, uh, could it be Kate Bishop? Yep, that's right. Thanos. Okay, what else we got? Benedict Cumberbatch plays the character of Doctor Strange in the MCU. What country is he from? Doctor Strange or Benedict Cumberbatch? Uh, the question does not make that clear. <laughs> uh, Cumberbatch. I'm going to say it comes from England and or the UK, depending England. on how they want to write it. England. Uh, what power source fuels Iron Man's suit? Farts. No, I'm afraid not. Uh, it is an arc reactor. Yep, there you go. No, oh boy, those are terrible. Yeah, Even really by the standards of this book, those are really bad. I'm on like the last 10 pages. I think they're running out. <laughs> I think soon they're going to be like, what does the M stand for in Marvel Cinematic Universe? <laughs> All right. Um, are you ready to talk about the trial of the Incredible Hulk? Yes. Let's do it. The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. It is uh, the second of the three Incredible Hulk movies made after the Incredible Hulk TV show ended. And I want to say right off the bat to make it clear, I want to put this in the timeline of the universe for people. This came out one month before Tim Burton's Batman. <laughs> Keep that in mind. <laughs> Did it really? Yes. Batman came, came out in 89? Yeah. Wow, I thought it was 88 for some reason in my head. Or nope, 87. 89. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. The 89 Batman. Yeah, Batman 89. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. One month, huh? One month. Like five weeks. It's really like five weeks. But like, yeah. Yeah. Think about that. Keep that in mind. They're, they're getting that one, that, this one in under the wire. <laughs> <laughs> this one takes place in a city. <laughs> they do say it's in the city. <laughs> it's in the city. I believe it's the same city as Rumble in the Bronx. It is. It's Vancouver. Lovely Vancouver, yeah. Canada. Yeah. Um, this movie's got really important historical uh, uh, thing going on. What's that? 
which is that this is, I believe, the first Stanley. Um, oh yes, this cameo. is the first Stanley cameo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, also, it's bad about beer. it when it when it came out. Yeah, well, it's you know why it's 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 not it's not that good. Uh, <laughs> but, but like he bad mouthed, he was like, I don't like Daredevil suit. It's also not that good. Although it's the suit from the Netflix show, so I guess you it know is. what, maybe it yeah. worked. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, it's the suit from Man Without Fear. Apparently, Frank Miller's a huge fan of this. That's all I can take from it. Um, so this one, it's interesting because I was the last one. Um, was that that a was lie? a back a lie? This one's a lie. Why is this one a lie? Because it's called the Trial of the Incredible Hulk. Guess what? There isn't a trial. There's a trial. They have a trial scene, it's a and there's a sequence. There's enough of it to uh, to be able to put it in commercial stuff. <laughs> The dream sequence definitely exists so that they could put it in commercials. Yes. There's very little Incredible Hulk in this Incredible Hulk movie. Yes. Very little. Like, remarkably little Incredible Hulk. Um, like the Incredible Hulk doesn't show up for the final fight. <laughs> <laughs> the final fight where John Reese davies gets into his Thunderbirds jet. <laughs> yes, that was great. I honestly love that because I was like, this is the kind of thing I want to see in, in like the MCU is like Baron Zemo just gets into like a weird hover car and flies off. Like that says that. Zemo on the side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it says Fisk on the side. Okay, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. This one, uh this this movie has the premise, the really horrible premise that um Bruce Banner's never gonna be okay. Nope. Um, he has been on the run at the, this point in this show and movies for over 10 years. I mean, the, and the, the show started what? 76, 78, 78. So he's so 11 years later, 11 years. Yeah. That's and nice. he's just traveling from town to town still. And we open with, um, an amazing sequence where he he's has a beard. A He's working on a mud farm. He has a beard. Yep. And uh, he works with a bunch of people who it turns out are eight-year-olds who have been aged up into into men. It's like the opening scene is toxic masculinity, the movie. But it's not even toxic. It's just, it's just playground bullying. It's like crazy. Like it's like you get so angry. And he's like, come on, come on, do it. Come on, come on. It's like, relax, buddy. You guys are digging mud all day. Calm down. <laughs> and so- he gets bullied. He gets pushed off a plank into the mud pit that they've been digging. And uh, uh, David Bruce Banner. Remember, his name is David Bruce Banner because the yes. network executives thought that Bruce was too gay. Yes. So he's David Bruce Banner. Although um, apparently later on, Kenneth Johnson, the creator of the show, would claim that it was because he didn't like – he didn't believe that uh, alliterative names were realistic. And the person in the interview was like, what about Bill Bixby? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Like, oh, yeah. Stick stick with the executives wanted it said it was too gay. That's a better story than I'm dumb, <laughs> frankly. Um, so uh, we 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 see that he's just living the most miserable life because he's still going from town to town. Um, we're like basically pick up with him at the end of an episode, more or less, because like he um it has to leave this this mud farm that he's on. And the lady who runs the mud farm clearly loves him. Oh, she is all about him. She wants she wants some of that David Dick. And it's important to note that Bill Bixby directed this one. Yes. Uh, which is important because he does a lot of flourishes later on in this this movie where he's trying to be particularly um, artistic a number of times. Is this and the first thing he directed? Because I know he directed a lot of TV, but I don't know. I don't know if this is his first thing he ever directed. I honestly don't know, and I'm not, yeah. not going to look it up right now. But uh, so he goes and he um, he's headed into the city. Yes. 
We it's just the city. We we, the city. we we don't know what the city is. Um, in the city, he rents a room in a real scumbag uh, SRO single room occupancy hotel. And mm. there's a really great bit where the guy who runs the hotel is like trying to make friends with him, and he's and Bruce Banner's just a dick, just like which made me friendly. Which led me to believe that the guys at the mud farm maybe he was just real dickish to them, and they were like, "All right, fuck you." I mean, that's probably what it is because, like, the whole thing is that he's whole. All he does is run around and say, "I'm no good. I'm yeah. too dangerous." And so, anytime somebody tries to make friends with this guy, he just fucking probably rebuffs them in the most annoying way. Yeah. So, of course, nobody likes him. Yeah, it's like hanging out with Morrissey. He has some incredible shit in this movie where he's just like, "I you don't understand. I change," and it's like just fucking explain it to them. <laughs> yes, it's so annoying. He goes, "You don't understand. How could they understand?" Well, like, one thing I really love is later on when he gets arrested and his lawyer, who we'll get to in a minute, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, so I'll just say his lawyer is like, well, you know, if you, we can we can bail you out. And he's like, maybe it's better if I'm in prison. And it's like, no, you're the Hulk. <laughs> like, like there's That's a horrible place for you no to be. worse place for you to be than prison. <laughs> <laughs> what are you so, thinking? He, uh... He is staying in this SRO right across the street from this new skyscraper that everybody hates because it blocks out the view of the mountains. Yes. And it turns out it's Fisk Tower. Yeah. Owned by Wilson Fisk. We cut to- Who's um, never called the Kingpin, by the way. Never called the Kingpin. Uh, we cut because to- We cut to a, uh, a guy waking up and doing his morning ritual, and it's not until- there's a really great part in this where he's in his closet getting stuff and a box falls from the top and he yep. doesn't catch it. And yes. I'm like, what is the what is the point of this? Like, I don't I, I don't I know why. think it was just a mistake on the tick. You think it's just the box fell and that was it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like because they they when when he pulls out his cane, the reveal that he's blind is treated as a reveal there. Yes. So he should have caught it to make yep. it more of a reveal when he's blind, but he just, yep. he just fumbles it. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, later on, again, in, in my theory that they didn't really pay, like pay much attention to stuff, when David is at his apartment at Matt Murdock's home, and David's like, like I never thought about it. The home of a blind person would be like, there's nothing on the walls, no art, and there's like like statues everywhere, and there's, there's like and and there's frame shit directly behind him in the shot. Well, like, but, but the frame stuff, then like he's like, except for this this framed photo of a boxer, like so that plays into it. But like he's like, there's no art, and it's like, dude, there's. There's art everywhere. Like it's not on the walls, but there's like little statues and stuff all over this guy's place. So you're wrong, dummy. Unless maybe he doesn't consider statues art. <laughs> maybe, maybe he doesn't know they're there. Um, uh, so uh, it turns out that this guy is Matt Murdock, uh, who we all know is Daredevil, and he goes to work and he works with characters who are not from the Matt from the Daredevil comic. He works right? at Murdock and Klein. Murdock and Klein. <laughs> Uh, yep. So it's important to understand this is uh, this is a backdoor pilot. Yes, they're setting up a, a Daredevil TV show. So these two characters that are in his office, they do nothing in the, the movie. They have no nope. role. Like there's no reason nope. for them to be there. Nope. Other than um, to set up them for a, a TV show. Right. So that they can be the characters who work with him on a TV show. Yep. So it's Krista Klein is uh, his partner and also maybe love interest. Uh, mm -hmm. They have like a, a thing. He comes into the office and he kisses her. 
Yeah. Which was like, I, th- I thought they must be dating. But then as the sh- movie goes on, you're like, oh, no, they're, they're not dating. He's just sexually harassing her in the office. Yeah. yeah. But it's okay because they're partners. <laughs> it's 1989. She, uh, she's played by Nancy Everhart, um, who has a pretty incredible career of the kinds of garbage television shows that we watched a lot as kids. She yes. did like fucking Knight Rider. She did Airwolf. Yeah. Um, she made the rounds. She also was in the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie, so she's in two off brand. Same year, she's in yeah. two off brand Marvel movies. Yeah, uh, and uh, she shows up in the Untouchables, um, and uh, she also is the, the in Untouchables TV series or a movie? Because there was a TV series around this time, wasn't there? Oh my God, she was in the TV series. I thought it was yeah. the movie. Holy no, shit, you're right. You remembered that, huh? Yeah. I have wow. a buddy, Ben, who loved that show. He had every episode on VHS. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. Um, she ended up on Renegade and Everwood, uh, which I did not watch those shows. But she was in this movie um, uh, called Demon Stone. And uh, it is really bad. And uh, Who would have thought with a name like that? It is. It stars Arlie Ermey and, uh, and Jan Michael Vincent. Ooh. Yeah, no, I know. That's the thing, right? Like, so, like, there's, like, a sense of, like, well, that's pretty good. Uh, but it's I, I, I saw it a million years ago and uh, did not think it was that good. The guy that directed it, Andrew Prowse, the Australian guy, he worked with some of the great Australian directors like Brian Trenchard-Smith and shit like that. But this is one of his directing efforts, and he's it's not it's not good. Okay. Um, so that's Nancy Everhart is, 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 is Krista Klein. Yep. And then there's another guy, uh, Pettyman. Pettyman. Yeah, Pediman. Pediman sounds like a like a like like a Pokemon. It does. I have to catch a Pediman. Pediman. That's uh, his name. Is Pediman. It is. It is Pediman. Pettyman. Pediman. Uh, he's played Richard Cummings Jr. Um, and uh, he's a producer now. Yes, and a director. Producer, and he was on uh, uh, what was that Alaska show that wasn't Twin Peaks? Northern Exposure. Northern Exposure. Yeah. You know, it's like a real bummer. Northern Exposure is probably never going to show up on home video or streaming because it has all this music in it. Wasn't it on like some streaming service? It was on something for a minute, but um, it did not last. And I think they might have saw the Beavis and Butthead thing where they're releasing all the episodes with the music videos. Yeah, but they're making a Beavis and Butthead movie. So I think it makes sense that they would actually. um, That seems like a lot to pay out for a movie that's going straight to Paramount Plus. Um, Yeah, he was on he was on a lot of. a lot of Northern Exposure. Uh, he's on 30-something as well. Uh, but he he's mostly directing now. Um, and, you know, that's probably the right choice. Um, his character is unbelievable. Yes. Uh, just a total waste of every minute that he's in the, in the movie. I believe he lives in the law office because <laughs> Daredevil calls him at like 3 a.m. and he's just sitting there at the desk, picks up the phone. He's like, hello. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty sure he lives there. So the premise for the new Daredevil TV show is that Krista Klein is his partner, but also maybe love interest. And then Pediman is their new clerk, and he's just out of the army, and he doesn't yep. know how to be a person anymore. He just nope. does army. He's like, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Uh, and they do like a whole bit where Krista's like, stop saying yes, yes, sir. And he goes, yes, ma'am. Yes, lady. And she doesn't like anything. He goes, okay, sugar. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh. holy moly. Um, 
So we have a bit where he goes to the office. How is he not foggy? How is Pediman not foggy Nelson? I don't understand why they didn't use the characters that already existed. I honestly don't. I get why you'd want to do the, his partner is a woman because I I guarantee, like I I imagine there's a part of them. that's like, Hey, moonlighting. We're going to do moonlighting. That's part of it, right? Like, but you have to have that. Why she's not uh, Karen page. Why it's not Murdoch and page. I don't understand why it's not Karen page. I don't understand why it's not foggy. I I legitimately don't know. Like I can't, those characters must be tied up in his package. There's no way like back then when they, when they were, when they were selling these characters around, they must've been tied up in it. Yeah. They had to be. I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. they're like foggy's a terrible name. Maybe. But Karen Page is a fine name. It's a fine name. Uh, yeah, I, I I legitimately don't know why they. Uh, maybe they wanted to make her Jewish. I, I, I diversity. Uh, no. I legitimately have no idea. It's no crazy idea. to me yeah. because Daredevil has like a really solid little supporting cast. He's got a great supporting cast, and they're all connected to his law office. Right, like and they're it's, and it's not even have to like play with it in any way. It's like yeah, they're they're all part of it. Yeah, and and none of them like do crazy stuff. That's the other thing. Like, so they're all really reasonable to put on a regular TV show. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I would demote Foggy Nelson to law clerk, and I would make Karen Page the partner, or maybe make Foggy the partner and Karen Page the law clerk. I don't know. No, again, I think I think at this time they were like, no, we want like a moonlighting thing where they're partners. You know. And, yeah, and I guess that's right. They have to be partners. Moments. They have to be yeah. partners. Like he, she, she can't be his subordinate. I mean, like yeah. they wouldn't have a problem with that, but they would no. see that as a different dynamic. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we get to see him at the office where he trips over a box. I don't know what that's about. Um, it's him holding. I'm. I'm going to say it's him keeping up pretenses so they don't know that he can actually see. I but, guess, uh, but then he goes and sits at the window, looks out the window, and uh, Chris is like, "What do you?" what are you looking at? You're, you're blind. And he talks about how much he loves having the sun on his face. And this would get part of like, their like romance, like where he holds her hand against the window. It's like, do you yeah. feel the warmth of the sun? Yeah. And they talk about how much they hate Wilson Fisk. And, uh, it's really interesting because this TV movie, to the best of my knowledge, doesn't seem to understand what a defense lawyer does. <laughs> <laughs> You don't think so? No, I don't think it does. I mean, it, it, he he becomes the defense lawyer for David Belson, yep. but there's a bit when they do the his Daredevil um, origin and where he gets the name Daredevil is the funniest fucking thing in the whole movie. Uh, but this cop is talking about what we need is we need a lawyer who's on the outside, who's hitting and running, who's can be doing whatever he wants, who's kind of a crazy daredevil. Yep. And I'm like, that's not what a defense lawyer would have nothing to do with this. Nope. What? I don't get it. What? Uh, anyway. Anyway, they talk about- He's like, maybe he wears an all black suit and fights crime at night. <laughs> he lays it all out. Uh, when he when he becomes Daredevil and he goes and visits that cop in like the parking lot and the and cop just looks at each other, it's just so fucking amazing. <laughs> it's like I was like, there's no way the cop doesn't pull out a gun and just shoot that dude right away. That actually has a little bit of RRR energy to it. Yeah, it de- one hundred percent does. Yeah, them just nodding at each other. Um, so we learn that um, uh, Matt Murdock hates Wilson Fisk and his he's going to take that building down brick by brick, and then yeah. because Pettyman is a very literal minded guy says, sir, that building is not made out of bricks. And then we cut to uh, the scene that obviously I think inspired the heist in um, the dark Knight. 
You think, yeah, yeah. I, I think the, I think Nolan was basically recreating this sequence. I think yeah. it was what he was doing. There's Except a big he used clown masks instead of snake eyes masks. <laughs> There's a big, there's a big heist. There's a big heist that happens at. I actually like this part, by the way, uh, at this diamond store. There are more people involved in this heist than there were involved in the making of this movie. It's crazy how many people there are involved in this heist. <laughs> it's quite a few. Quite a few. I people. mean, like, there's like a version of this, like where the mystery is a, that they get into this because they start killing the people in the heist, like yeah. like in Goodfellas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that is not what happens here. These people all, I guess, get their cut and go home. There's and a big heist planned by uh by Danny Ocean. That's <laughs> well, it's like a, it's actually a very elaborate heist. I, I like the heist, and the heist we discover as it's going on is being uh, it's the, on Zoom is none other than the kingpin himself. Yes, Wilson Fisk, and he's telling them like, "Open the door, enter the room." Uh, he's he's basically he's basically playing a video game. With these these heister guys, yeah, and it's wonderful. It's John Reese Davies yeah. as Wilson Fisk. Did you see it's the thing I sent to you? The trivia about him? Yeah, talk about it. So he did not know that the kingpin is supposed to be bald. in the movie. He, here he's got hair and he's got a beard, and he showed up on set like that, and he didn't know that the kingpin is supposed to be bald. And they were like, "Oh no, well we can't we can't get you a bald cap," <laughs> which. I guess the budget was they couldn't afford it in the budget, a bald cap. I have no idea why they couldn't get him a bald cap. And then he was like, well, I'll shave my head. And they're like, nah, don't bother. <laughs> so, that's amazing to me. Mainly that they couldn't get a bald cap. He's, like, he, he's amazing looking in this movie because he has his hair all slicked back and he's got this like thin beard, like this really manicured beard. And he wears these ludicrous sunglasses all the time. He looks like at any moment he's going to look at the camera and go, Sega. Well, he, what he looks like is he looks like he looks like the villainous record executive who's going to sign Daredevil to a bad deal. Like it's like a lot of this movie has like a real weird music video aesthetic. I think like a nineteen oh, eighties so obsessed. He is a, a dad obsessed. Like he's the perfect eighties dad because he's just obsessed with VHS tapes. He's like, look, I'm rec- I record everything. I record it all. He's like, very you're running a criminal empire. Stop recording. Stop recording everything. He's very high tech though, and you know he's very high tech because every time his chair turns, it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, why did they put that fucking? He's just sitting in a roller chair, man. He's just sitting in an office chair, and every time he turns around, it goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking amazing. Awesome. It's really amazing. Yeah, and then he's got his little henchman sitting on like at like a little the smallest desk possible in the corner of the room. I loved it. It's so it's so incredible. Um, so the there's a joke in um, Parks and Rec that like now I want to find out if Parks and Rec if the writers of Parks and Rec love this this movie because of that scene when you see his little his little assistant sitting in the corner and that little little desk. There's a thing in Parks and Rec where uh, uh, Jason Manzukis plays like one of the rich guys in the town. And he's got like his his accountant who sits in his office at a little desk in the corner and he's always yelling at him. And it's like that has to be like I feel like they must have gotten it from this. I don't know where else you would get it. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty funny. Um in the heist crew, as I think you needed to have in the nineteen eighties, one of the guys is a maniac. Yes. One of the guys in your heist crew has to be a maniac. It, it's just David a deal. Crusoe. And they um, do the heist, and two of the guys run down into the subway, and which is so clearly the Canadian subway, I could yes. not believe it. Yeah. And they get on a subway train that um, that David Bruce Banner happens to be on. He's now running around mind, trying to get a job. Keep in mind, it's like 
10, 11 a.m. Let's mm-hmm. keep that in mind for this sequence. Uh, wait, why? Because it's in the middle of a city, about 11 a.m., nobody's on the train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the um, listen, there's a couple of people on the train. There's an old man, and the maniac guy begins hassling the old man. I actually really also enjoyed this, by the way. He's yes. like, tell us stories about the old days, old man. <laughs> but what's amazing is that the fucking actor who's playing the thug appears to be like 36 years old. Yes. Like neither of these two thugs are particularly young. They're both no. his the other one but at the same like time it's the eighties, so they might be thirteen. I mean, we've I mean, seen I, that people in the 80s looked far older somehow. That is possible. Uh it it just it feels like um the he he looks too old and his his partner looks like somebody's dad. Yes. He's just he like looks like a yeah. dad. Yeah. Um so they begin he begins hassling this old man. And uh, the old man gets up and walks away, and he, this dude follows him. We see that David Bruce Banner is sitting next to, near a lady, yeah. and the lady knows that she's going to be the next one to get harassed. So she asks David Bruce Banner, please come sit next to me and pretend that you're with me. And then he does not do it. He just ignores nope. her. He ignores her. He's like, you wouldn't like me when I change. <laughs> you, you wouldn't like me when I sit next to you. Yes. Uh, and uh, it, he's like a real shit. Like It's, a real, it's like really shitty. Yeah, yeah. It's like next level shitty, frankly. Yeah, I mean, it goes real far before he intervenes. It goes real far. Um, I don't remember watching this show, this movie when it aired. I definitely did. I, like, I know, oh, I, I know do. that I watched I it very well. Do you? Oh yeah, I was psyched. I love the Incredible Hulk. I love that show. No, no, I, I loved I it too. All and these I was movies, like with bated breath. I was like, yes. No, I was really excited. Um, to watch these. I remember being really excited about Thor and Daredevil showing up. Like I was really, yeah. really excited about that. I just don't remember actually watching it. Like I, I remember being really excited about it. I just don't remember watching it. I do. I had flashbacks thing. watching this. I mean like, Oh, I'm back in Queens. So the woman, uh, who, who David Bruce Banner brutally ignores. Yes. Uh, Ellie, her name is Ellie Mendez. Everybody says her name. So weird. Mendez. <laughs> Nobody says it right. It's they, 1989. Like, no one had met a Hispanic person yet. <laughs> <laughs> they had no idea. <coughs> um, so the actress, by the way, her name is Marta Dubois, mm-hmm. and she was the co-star of one of my all-time favorite television shows that mm-hmm. ran for one season that I think would love to see people rediscover. Oh, it was probably problematic as shit. Tales of the Gold Monkey. Oh, yes. By uh, Donald P. Belisario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, it was an Indiana Jones ripoff TV yeah. show, yeah. and she was the co-star. But she's also in one of the great episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation, uh, Devil's Do, where uh, they go to this planet where <laughs> uh, they meet the devil, uh, a female devil who like is like the devil of this planet, and okay. it's it's Mar- Marta Dubois playing Ardra in this episode and they have like a whole trial and stuff like that. It's like pretty, I have no memory of that one. Yeah. It's a pretty fun one, Uh, but it turns out that she's not really a devil. She's using technology to convince everybody that she is. Um, but, uh, so that's Marta Dubois and, uh, she's going to be very, very important in this movie. She's going to just consistently give basically me too speeches the entire movie. Yes. Which is actually really progressive for 1989. I guess. I yeah. think so. So the the thug comes over and begins harassing her, and David Bruce Banner does not get involved until it's too late. And then 
they um they throw him across the whole train car. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> which is pretty great. And as it will happen when you throw David Bruce Banner around, uh, he begins changing into the Incredible Hulk. And so as they're fucking around with his lady, um, the Incredible Hulk comes out from behind this chair. It's a very fucking funny moment. This it's the Incredible very upsetting Hulk. moment. Why is it upsetting? Because he doesn't have a beard. Well, why would he have a beard? Because David Banner has a beard. Yeah. Do you think that the Hulk would then have a beard too? I think he should. I think that would have been awesome. I would have been I mean, like, I know yes! that. I know the Hulk has had beards, like, but yeah. I don't know how that works because the Hulk's hairstyle is different than Bruce Banner's in every iteration of the Hulk. Yes, yeah, his hair totally true. changes. He gets like yeah. Frankenstein hair, right? In the, or in yeah. the early days, anyway, and eventually he doesn't have the same hair at all. So they have totally yeah. different hair. Yeah, but it just would have been really awesome. I mean, it would have been funny, and I would have enjoyed it. Um, I thought Bill Bixby looked pretty good in a beard. Yeah, yeah, frankly, he's, he's a good-looking guy. The thing is, he's really fucking old. He's not though. He died at like fifty-two. Yeah, but he's like nineteen eighties old. He was yeah. older than fifty-two. He had to. Be. I, he died really. He died much younger. Like I looked it up. He was like in his early fifties. He died right after the TV movie Death of the Incredible Hulk. Did he? There you go. Yeah. He di- he died like six days after directing an episode of Blossom. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, so just to put it in pr- perspective of how far away from things he died. <laughs> He died 32 weeks before the fall of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> no, he did not. He died no, after the fall of the Berlin he Wall. Fell, yeah, he, he, <clears throat> he, he lived to see the Soviet Union crumble. At the very yeah. least, Bill Bixby lived to see the Soviet Union. You know, it's funny. We're doing a little bit of an X-Files rewatch here at home. And okay. uh, Bill Bixby's vital to X-Files the mythology. The, what was the show? The Magician? The Magician. That's what Fox yep. Mulder's watching the night that his sister is, is abducted. Yep. So he was 59 years old. 59. Still, it's young. It's not. Yeah, but that means, though, in this movie, he's 55. Yeah. That's old. I'm almost 55. I'm I'm 48, man. I'm old. Isn't – how old was Robert Downey Jr. when in, like, Endgame? Yeah. No, I agree. He was 72. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I I, – Michael Keaton's dressing up as Batman again. You know, he's like 80. Yeah, but he looks old, though. Uh, there's yes. something about the way that Bill Bixby tucks all his shirts into his pants that makes him look especially old. Like, he has, like, very intense well, grandpa again, vibes. There was something about the time where everyone just looked looked old. Like, kids looked old. High schoolers looked old. Kid, like, kids in grade school looked like, like librarians. It was a weird period where everyone wore clothes that just made them look old. And had haircuts that made them look old. I don't yeah, know I mean, why. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so, The Incredible Hulk comes out. At one point, he's, he's got, like... His shirt open, and he's in good shape. He is in good shape. He's got some ads going. Um, The Incredible Hulk stands up from behind a subway seat, which I just think is a very funny way to introduce The Incredible Hulk. I just think it's very, very funny. And um, he begins wrecking shit in the subway car. And then when the sub – and then – well, actually, wait. Before that, I think I left something out. No, no. This is actually the – no. They they pull out a gun, and they're going to shoot the Hulk. The Hulk has – is not that powerful in the TV show. No. He's He's not comic book strength. He has almost no strength. He's just a really strong guy. Yeah, he's yeah. Just like a very strong guy who happens to be green. Um, yeah. So, like, they pull a gun on him, and the gun, we're led to believe, would in fact hurt or kill him. Well, we saw in, in the last movie, Return of the Incredible Hulk, he got shot and it hurt. He, yeah. He, he, was, he fell down. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but uh, the gun gets pushed away, and the gun, bullet gun goes off, and an old man on the subway platform gets shot dead. 
Which yeah, I really he, like. We were later on told that that man died. Yeah, it's so yeah. incredible. Yeah, I was it's really so surprised inc- by that. It's like out of nowhere. It's just totally just uh, the Hulk busts out of the train car when it comes into the station. He throws the maniac guy into the subway station. It's a total. He throws them like and he slides down the station and knocks over a whole line of commuters like a mile long. He he goes sliding. It's amazing. You can hear like as he was like sliding down. And then the. um. And then the Hulk jogs down the platform. Which just crazy. Cops watch him jog, and then he goes down the platform like, we lost him. It's like, <laughs> we lost him. You just watched him go. Well, he goes to the end of the platform and then, like, like hugs the corner at the subway tunnel and looks back and then goes into the subway tunnel. And I'm like, is this the least hulky thing you could possibly do? This is about the least hulky way to leave a scene, to, yes. like, sneak into a subway tunnel. Yeah, yeah. He does a couple of these because he also sneaks out later on into a fucking alleyway. Oh, no, right now he's in an alleyway. He goes into an alleyway right now. Well, and no, no, he's, he's, like, in, he's in deeper in the tunnels, and they, they find him in the tunnels. I thought he's in the alleyway. There's great, no, there's a great shot where he's he comes walking out of a door, and there's the train in the tunnel above him. I was like, that's a really good shot. That's a oh, I shot. thought it was like an um, overhead train. I thought it was in I thought no, it was, I, I thought I thought it, was, I thought it was still in the tunnels of the stations. Well, he's wandering dazed in the tunnels of the stations. Yeah. And he changes back into Bruce Banner, and that's who the cops find. And they arrest him. Because they were just chasing a giant green man, and then so here's a little guy. To be fair, there is some weird naked little guy in the in the subway tunnels. You should probably take him in, buddy. It's the sea. It's the city. This as the lady true. at the it's as the lady the mud farm told him, it's the city. It's the city. Yeah. It, you, you, it's it's bad there in the city. So yes. these cops should be used to weird naked little guys in the subway. He's a very little guy, by the way. There is a scene where he is talking to Matt Murdock in prison, and. Bill Bixby directed this fucking thing. Yep. And Matt Murdock dwarfs him. Bill Bixby appears to be five foot two. Bill Bixby in this is not sequence. afraid to show himself as being extremely short throughout this entire thing. It's incredible. He's a short yes. king. Yes. What yes. was his height? Well, we have to find know. out what his real height was because know. in this, he appears to be an incredibly short king. And yeah. uh, he, uh, and he, he, like, as a director, he had the ability. He's five nine. Yeah, he's not a short guy. Wow. Because he seems really, he seems like Joe Pesci short in this. He seems like a dwarf almost. Yeah. It's crazy. Like every shot, he's just smaller and smaller. <laughs> he's just shrinking. <laughs> Bill Bixby <laughs> shrinking over the course of the trial of the Incredible Hulk. So he gets arrested. And uh, he's brought in. Uh, and he thinks that he's going to get out because the lady is, he says, I I, no, I was in a volley. I tried to help and then they knocked me out. And then I came to in the and I was under arrest. I don't even know what happened. And he, he thinks that the lady is going to tell the cops that it wasn't him, that he, you know, but the lady, in fact, tells the cops that he was the one who attacked her. Well, this is where things get real confusing because he's he's in there and Matt Murdock comes to talk to him. Matt Murdock's like, hey, I'm your lawyer. And, and he's like, well, the lady will tell everybody the truth that I didn't do it. And Matt Murdock goes, well, she's in a coma. And he and <laughs> Bruce goes, well, when she wakes up, she'll tell them. And Matt Murdock goes, she woke up. She said, you did it. <laughs> she was just in a coma. I'm so confused. Well, you know what I'm going to say? Did he so that, hear it with his daredevil senses? I mean, maybe. But I actually, I'm going to say that feels like more like a like a, like a a DA move where you tell the guy that she's in a coma just to see what he says. And then you go, actually, she's awake. And she told us this, which yeah. totally contradicts the thing you just told me. That is a weird move for a defense attorney to play. Yeah. 
But I guess that Matt Murdock is trying to figure out if he's if he's guilty or not. If he's guilty, I think doesn't Matt, Matt, Matt Murdock doesn't want to take him on if he's guilty. I think is the yeah. deal. So although Matt Murdock knows because as he talks about in this scene, he says, "Oh, I have a pretty good knack of telling when somebody's lying to me." Yeah, I know what and, I know what Spider Man's heartbeat sounds like. That's how I figured out who he was. And um, they have a whole sequence here where they talk about it, and this is where. Um, David Bruce Banner. By the way, his name is David Belson. He's the name he gives. And I don't really understand why he uses as his last name the name of one of the um, Nazi concentration camps. Well, I think he's just going with the Bs. I mean, he that's what he's is. But it's like really every time I said Belson, all I can think about is the fucking Holocaust. Yeah. Okay. I just – I don't – I why isn't he David Benson? He may have used that on the David show at Billings. some point. I, these are names that you can repeat. I don't think there's anybody at home going, oh, my God, he's already used David Benson. You never know. <laughs> this did not have that kind of an audience, I believe, that was like there, – there, there used to be a website that listed every single thing that made him turn into the Hulk yeah, that the was show. Like a, was that was a, a joke, site. though. It wasn't. It was everything that turned him into the Hulk. It was beautiful. One of the things that like, turned him into the Hulk was he didn't have exact change for the phone. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I'm saying that's what the joke is, is that it's documenting all the dumb things yeah. that made him turn into the Hulk. One time a, a, a flower pot fell on his head. <laughs> That's great. I love I honestly love this show. I really do. It's like one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, so uh, I don't remember some of the details of how, what order some of these things happen. So help me out as I, as we move, because I'm going to, this middle part of the movie is just like a mush to me. And yeah. uh, so this they, is where he's like, this is when he's like, I'll just stay in prison. It's better for me. In prison. Right. And right. It's better and, for me in prison. Cause there's yeah. nothing stressful about being in prison at all. Yeah. So there's no reason for me to worry about that. And then another sign that he's not, David may not be really plotting things very well. Is Matt Murdock's like, well, where are you staying? If we get you out of here, where are you staying? And David's like, I don't know. I rented a room. I don't know. I, what do you expect? You know what the street was? Yes. <laughs> How are you going to get home, brother? <laughs> You're new to the city. You don't know where you are. Actually, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you a dark secret. Um, I actually identify with that because this weekend I went to Monster Palooza and uh, it's in Pasadena. So yep. I drove to Pasadena and then you have to find parking. In Pasadena, you can't park in Pasadena. It just doesn't, there's no street parking in Pasadena. It's like very limited. So you have to go to a garage. And all the, I went later in the day. I didn't want to go early and like wait in line to get into the convention. Sure. So I went later on in the day, but by that point, all of the garages near the convention center were full. Yeah. So I had to drive a little bit of ways and find a garage that I could park in. And I found one. I did not take note of what street the garage was on, right? I go through the garage. It's attached to a hotel. I walk out of the hotel. I did not take note of what the hotel was. Okay. I walked to the convention. And then when I was done at the convention, I had to walk back to my car. I got out of the convention. I said, I have no idea where my car is. <laughs> I said, I have no, I have no clue. I did not take a single note about where my car is. And so what I had to do was I had to try to retrace my steps to walking to the convention. And then I was able to do it. So maybe that was his whole plan. He was going to go, I remember this bodega turn left here. Like maybe that was his whole plan. Like maybe it is pretty wild. It is wild that he doesn't know. He doesn't know where he is. It is a little bit wild. It's pretty nuts. So Matt Murdock's going to take the case. He goes to go. He goes to go talk to um, the lady, to Ellie Mendez, to Ellie Mendez, and uh, she uh, she says to him, "Oh no, um, nobody's been here to see me." Uh, And but he hears her talking before he comes in. He hears her with his daredevil senses. He hears her talking to the nurse and saying. 
oh no, that my visitor isn't those men again. So he begins to figure out that in fact she's getting pressured by Kingpin. And he figures that out and then she reveals that she knows nothing about how the law works because he's like, I'm here, I'm your attorney. And she says a victim doesn't need a lawyer, does she? It's like, yes, you do. <laughs> like, you, like, yes. As a matter of fact, you'll want a lawyer if you are the victim. Uh, no, not really. She's going to have probably the DA working with her in that case. I would not necessarily think she would need a personal lawyer unless she's going to be going for damages or something like that. But in a criminal case like this, I don't think, I don't know that she needs, unless there's like a concern that she might be open to some kind of, uh, thing that maybe she's exposed legally in some way then then she might want a personal lawyer. But I feel like somebody like this, I think is just going to work with the DA. Yeah, so, I, so I yeah I'm yeah. pretty positive yeah I don't I don't think that she would need a personal lawyer for this kind of a thing because a personal lawyer is not going to be trying a criminal case she sue the, the train station that's a separate thing like if she decides yeah. to sue the city or sue David Bruce Banner uh, David Belson uh, you know what's funny is that there's the Sex Pistols TV show right and I watched the first episode it's all right and but the thing is the Sex Pistols have a song called Belson is a Belson was a guess. And so every time they say David Belson, I think of the Sex Pistols song, Belson Was a Guess, which is a very offensive song, by the way. It's a very offensive song from a different era when people would make jokes like that. Um, But so she is clearly- the line jokes that she makes at Matt Murdock in the scene. Well, she does she make jokes and it's just like these, like you know, how no, does my band? a lot of moments. Oh no! Yeah. She's like, like for some reason, she's like, "Have you seen any good movies lately?" It's like, what does that have to do with what he's discussing with you? <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. She does. He is a clearly a blind man, and she keeps using sight things. She keeps asking him what kind of books he likes to read and like all yep. this kind of stuff. He does tell her that he likes to read nonfiction in Braille, but he does like to listen to novels and poetry on tape. Yes. Um, so he leaves and uh, he does this thing. He leaves his card there, but he, he hears the nurse pick up the card. I'm going to say a thing, by the way. Yeah. I am on the record as not being a fan of the Netflix Daredevil television program. Yes. I'm going to say that this bad TV movie does a better job of depicting Daredevil's powers than the entire Netflix television program. I would agree. It's crazy to me. Yeah. I really like when they go into Daredevil site in this. I was like, oh, that's cool looking. I mean, it's just like cheap computer graphics, but yeah, I mean, like they're doing radar vision at least. Like it's like, you know, and, and, but like this bit, like where he hears her pick up the, 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 the business card, I think is great. I think that's really well done. Bill Pixby, he, he, he he listens to, to David's heart earlier to see if he's lying. Like they do all this kind of stuff. It's good. It's well done, I think. You know? Yeah. Well, he also, as they move along down the hall, he's going to the um, elevator, and he overhears the nurse who has been watching over Ms. Mendez uh, get on the phone and tell somebody that she's wavering, that Mendez is wavering, and that she might be spilling the beans. Yeah. And just as he's going to get the important information, a helpful old lady says, "Can I help you get on the elevator?" Yeah. Because he's, he's like, a blind oh. man. Yeah. So now he knows that uh, Wilson Fisk is definitely uh, uh, pressuring her. And then uh, we, at this point, more or less uh, cut to uh, Bruce Banner on trial. Yes. And Wait, do we? I don't know. No, I, that's not now. I, well, I don't know. What else happens? Now it's Nothing. night. 
No, we're still at the hospital. It's night, and Ellie. Oh, does, Mendez does it happen now? Asleep. Yes, at least according to my notes, the trial happens after. This. I did not do the. I did not do good chronological okay. notes. So yeah, uh, the nurse is talking to, to Al Pacino standing, and she's like, "Oh, there's a lawyer here." And then it cuts to night, and the nurses and the Al Pacino standing and told her like, "Hey, go kill, go kill that lady." It's and like so, intense Kill Bill vibes. Yeah. The, yeah. With the nurse coming in with the the syringe and shit like that, like it yeah. really is, like it should have been twisted nerve shrimp playing over the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, so she goes in, she goes in to to stick a needle in Ellie's neck, and then um, in one of the funniest fucking bits in this entire movie, <laughs> Daredevil clumsily busts out from behind the curtains <laughs> and hugs her. He clumsily comes out of the curtains and then walk like crawls over the bed to get to the nurse. So he like j- like crawls over Ellie, who's like, "What is going on?" And then he p- takes the nurse and he throws her into the medical equipment, which explodes. Before that happens, to be fair, she beats the shit out of him. Yes, she does. Yeah. She beats the shit out of him. It is crazy that this fucking nurse, this murderous nurse, beats up Daredevil. But then, yes, he throws her into the EKG reader or whatever and explodes the electrocutes her and she dies. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, again, there's like a real RR energy to some of this right here. Like, it's just yeah. like it doesn't make any sense. But is it better for Daredevil to electrocute this lady? Sure, I guess yes. why not? And she screams horribly, too. She's like, Rah! Daredevil runs away and uh, the other orderlies come in. This is like a bit like where like he's holding uh, he's holding her and she's like kicking and the door opens up and an orderly comes in and she kicks the orderly back into the hallway. It's a very funny yeah. fight scene. Yeah. It's Daredevil gets away. The orderly too is that they have a, a guard at the door, like in the hospital. And then we see that the, the Daredevil just runs out a door in her hospital room into like a garden and, and runs away. It's like, no, no, he runs out the window, but there's a door right there. No, because like he a door goes to a garden, isn't there? No, Daredevil goes off the window. No, that's a different scene altogether. Oh, that's later on. That's later on. Okay, yeah. Oh, you look who has bad notes now. Uh, no, he goes out the window because the orderly comes into the room and Bill Bixby shoots an incredible shot as the camera pulls back out the window. Yes. The open window. And the orderly goes, it was Daredevil. Yes. It was awesome. By the way, there's been a number we've been seeing uh, uh, graffiti for Daredevil throughout the Yeah, place. all over the city. All over the yeah. city has been yeah. – there's been graffiti that just says Daredevil. Yes. It just says Daredevil. That's all that it says. Well, there's uh, one that says Daredevil lives. <laughs> and then the rest of them just say Daredevil. Like, like there's somebody putting up flyers that just say Daredevil, which I really like. Like who printed up flyers that just say Daredevil? That's so weird. now we're on trial now? Uh, now we we went to, they go to the Kingpin. So the Kingpin. Can we do more bullshit learn. Kingpin stuff? The Kingpin stuff is a such hardcore bullshit. So the Kingpin is like talking to his buddy Edgar. And who's his, his number two. And Edgar is maybe one of the creepiest guys that's ever been in a movie ever in the history of the world. Yes. It's like crazy. Like, I don't even understand why they put this creepy Edgar subplot into the movie. Um, but, uh, Kingpin says, okay, we're going to have to uh, kill David Belson and we're going to, um, kidnap Ellie Mendez. Yes. And we're going to use her to lure daredevil in. And then we're going to kill daredevil. Yeah. And so that's the point. You see that there's a guard at the door. Or there's supposed to be a guard at the door, but there's not. And then we see that there's just a garden that there's no guard to. Because they take out. Yeah. So yeah, so then, he so she calls Matt Murdock to come rep to come represent her and he gets into a cab. But by the time he gets there, um the guard at the door turns out to be working for Kingpin and he takes her and yeah. Matt Murdock runs out into the garden, but it is too late. It's too late. And then Ellie uh, gives a monologue for as an audition at Kingpin. We have not gotten to the trial hasn't happened yet, really? No, this is when the trial after her monologue. She gives like a big monologue. 
Yeah, she's like so. The, so she goes into Kingpin's tower, and the Kingpin spends most of the, his speech, his, his discussion with her, facing away from her, watching her on a video screen, which yes. is really yeah. weird. And she gives and like she a gives, monologue, and he's like, "Oh, part you've got the part." So there you go. Literally, because he decides he's going to make a movie. Yeah, he figured it out. Yeah, she gives a big speech. She's, "I'm a person. Uh, I have a job and a family, and people miss me." And uh, which again feels very progressive for this period. That the female it's all very progressive until we get to the end with Edgar. Uh, that this female uh, damsel in distress has some agency, and we're reminded that she's a person; that she's not yeah. just a plot device. Although she's also just a plot device, frankly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now we cut to the trial, right? Yes. Now all of a sudden, it literally just cuts to David on on the stand and a lawyer being like, "You're full of shit." And I was like, "What happened? Did I miss and something?" Everybody's, everybody's yelling at him. But the thing is that Bill Bixby, as a director, lets us know this is a dream sequence by using some weird camera angles. Yes, uh, including some weird camera angles of the judge speaking to David Bruce Banner. But yes. uh, he begins freaking out. This is where Stan Lee shows up. He is in the jury box. He's one of the jurors. Yeah. yeah. And uh, David Bruce Banner Belson turns into the Incredible Hulk on the stand, which again is like the what you expect in a thing called the trial of the incredible hulk this is what you this is what you came for yeah and he starts wreaking very light very slow havoc in in the courtroom (laughs) he my favorite bit is he tries to upend the jury box and like trap them he's like he's like i'm sequestering this jury uh it's like very funny uh stanley runs away he's very afraid yes and uh my favorite bit is the the um, prosecuting attorney. Everybody's running away. Um, the Hulk picks up a cop by his balls, <laughs> throws him, <laughs> throws him through a table, uh, yeah. like real wrestling move. But yeah. he goes to the prosecuting attorney, and the prosecuting attorney is like trying to put his papers back in his in his, <laughs> his briefcase. It's very funny. I mean, it's, a, it's a dream, but it's very very funny. I loved it. I was dying laughing at that. And so, yeah, the Hulk begins to kill him, and then, uh, and then Bruce David Bruce Banner Belson wakes up, and he's still we skipped in prison. a very important part of this dream sequence, which is what there's a commercial break in the middle of it. There really is, yeah, you're right. There's a commercial break right in the middle of the dream sequence. Pretty good. Just so I was like, can you do that in a dream sequence? Can you, you totally can? Break? You can do whatever you fucking want on television, yeah, 1989. So. Um, David Bruce Banner is in prison, and he's he has like a nerdy cellmate. And again, I might be coming out of order here, but I think it doesn't really matter that much. The nerdy cellmate, we have this sequence where we watch a shiv be handed down the line of the cell, the cell block, and it ends up in the nerdy cellmate's hands. And the nerdy cellmate is going to shove the shiv. It's like a big fucking tire iron that's been sharpened. He's going to shove it through David Bruce Banner Belson's bed and stab him. This is a bad plan. Well, it's weird because he's like, I got to make sure that the guards aren't around. And it's like, you're going to figure out it was you. It's so obviously going to be you. There's no other, like, it's crazy to me. Like, it's such a terrible fucking plan. I don't know, guards. I don't know who stabbed him from my bed. I don't have no it's idea. Weird. Weird. That's really strange. Huh. This is really good, though. Because as he's like, you say, huh? Weird. As he's going to stab David Bruce Banner Belson, a guard comes and says, David Bruce Banner Belson. And he sits up. Just as the fucking shift comes up. It was very, very well done, I thought. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was good. Turns out that the um that the chief of police or something, I don't know what what, what is he? It's a cop. I he's a, he's a cop. Police, but like he was the chief of police, I think, and then he got demoted to to like the warden because he he gives that speech later. 
Is he the warden? I thought he was. Anyway, he says to this, he says to him, listen, he's whoever he is. Uh, he's I mean, a he, guy. He, he's Daredevil's cop friend. Yeah, Daredevil's cop friend who has, he has his, his Commissioner Gordon red phone too. Yes. Um, but I don't know what his job is in the universe. I think he, he's the warden of the, the prison. He gives he used to be chief of police. He gives David Bruce Banner Belson a whole talk because he's like, I know that you're hiding something. We have no record of you at all. You're mixed up in this. You know something. I, you know, I'm trying to catch these guys. You got to let me know. And David Bruce Banner Belson's like, uh, beats me, buddy. Uh, I got no idea. Uh, never heard of him. Look, I just want to be left alone. I'm going to be left alone. Uh, uh, uh. Um, so, uh, oh, actually, I think we fucked up. This happened earlier because he actually, the dream makes him turn into the Hulk. Oh, okay. So that that actually, you know what? Actually, we fucked up. All of our notes are bad. This happened earlier before the dream. And then the dream happens because I think, uh, yeah, I think it actually cuts from this to the, to the dream. And then he wakes up and he turns back. He turns into the Hulk because he's freaking out from the dream. Okay. And then he breaks out of prison and he, um, in the, in the, the only thing I think in the history of this program that feels like a real Hulk thing, he blows through a stone wall yeah, and leaves a big cartoon hole in it. And yes. that feels like a thing the Hulk does. Yes. Cause like in the subway, like in, like in any kind of good Hulk story, the Hulk is not going to go through the tunnel. He's going to go straight up through the fucking roof. Yeah. Of the subway. Just jump through the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can yeah. even do that on TV. Well, like in the TV show, his powers fluctuated greatly. Like there's the famous moment when he throws a bear into space pretty much, right? Like we've all seen that. Like, so sometimes he's really, really strong and sometimes he's just strong enough to like pick up a bench. But like all you need to have happen is you need to have Lou Ferrigno on a wire. You just shoot him from like the waist down and he like jumps up out of frame and then you drop prop debris. Yeah. And that's essentially what they did here where the camera's just on somebody else. Right. Yeah. Um, so he breaks it. Yeah. And then like, yeah. again, Bill Bixby is a pretty good director, pulls back and we see that he has broken through the bars. He's broken yeah. through the chicken wire. He's broken through the, um, the railing. And then yeah. he has broken down all the way through to the wall and yes. out of the, out of the prison. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, what happens next? Uh, Daredevil finds him at his, at his, Hotel, right? Daredevil is already staying, and he shows up uh, as Daredevil. Because this, this is when he calls uh, Pediman at three in the morning, and Pediman is just at the at, at the the office, and he's like, "Get out a map and put up put, put put the ruler where where uh, uh, Fisk Tower is, and then set up a lamp to be at eight a.m." <laughs> it's like what? It's like- yeah. So uh, he finds out where David Bruce Banner is staying, and then he shows up in Daredevil outfit. Daredevil outfit, of course, is all black with a black top hood and a black visor. Yes. That when we see it, by the way, first time we see him is a close up of his face. And you can see that that visor is like totally see-through. Yes. Like easily yeah. for a blind guy. I don't know why he bothers. Like, it's like really strange. Well, I mean, in the comics, he's got, he's got eye holes, but he doesn't have eye holes here. No, but I'm saying in the comics, he has eye holes, which would make you think he can see. Right. So that's but part of the idea. Is you I don't think see. that you can, the premise here though, is that I think from the outside, you can't see. Like when you look at his face, you can't see that he. You can't see that he has eyes. Yeah. It's when they did a tight close up of his face yeah. that you could see. I'm, that I'm he, just saying, like, like in the comics, it doesn't make sense either that you can tell. Like, I think it makes sense. I think that him being blind is a thing he keeps secret. I guess, yeah. Um, it's. I want to talk about um, for a moment about Daredevil himself. By the way, okay. 
you may have noticed when you're watching this motion picture that, that Daredevil, well, not even that. They turn him into um, a uh, a dancer. Yes. He does a lot of posing. He does like a lot of fluid motion. Yeah. And that is because Rex Smith, who plays Daredevil in this, is in fact a dancer. I did not know that. And a singer. Oh. And he made Which his explains why acting, he sings all of his lines. And he made his debut on Broadway in 1978 production of Grease, where he played Danny Zuko. Oh, wow. Yep. Look at that. Yep. Uh, and uh, he uh, also is the, uh, the star of a television program, uh, another superhero television program called Street Hawk. You remember that one? I do not. Um, it aired on ABC in 85. It aired for like two months, I think. Like, um, okay. And uh, it is, he's an ex-motorcycle cop. And uh, he's, uh, he rides the Street Hawk. It's like a super souped up bike. It's an it all-terrain like, attack bike. Okay. And so it was like, like, they were like, people like Knight Rider. It's like Knight Rider, yeah. I mean, like, a, they had a bunch of shows like this, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah, that's Eric like Wolf, the. Right, like, yeah. So, um, that, that, that was, that was his bit. Um, he, uh. Did you know in France, Airwolf is called Superpowered Helicopter? I believe they really get to the point. Yeah, I believe it was. I'm pretty, I'm trying to remember because it was, uh, a friend of mine that I used to work with. She was the, she was from France. And she, I'm pretty sure she said it was called Superhero Helicopter. She, we were all talking about Airwolf one day. She's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. And we showed her a trailer. And she's like, oh, Superhero Hel- or Superpowered Helicopter. Like, what? Well, she's just saying that she know. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Well, she was like, "No, that's what we, that's what it's called in French." And then she said it in French. I think she said "superpowered helicopter." It's been like a decade, so I might have the name wrong, but it's something like that, where it's like straight on the nose, like that's what it is. So there you go. But I think if you watch this movie, I was watching it and I was like, "Boy, he is just doing like at the very least." I said, "I said at least, at least Rex Smith took a lot of fucking movement classes because yeah. every time Daredevil comes through a door, he's like sliding his hips and his like his yeah. like shoulders are going." And it it's turns out that he stuff. He it is good ninja stuff, but it's definitely dance. It's all yeah. they're all dance moves, yeah. and it turns out that in fact he is in fact uh, none other than. Danny Zuko in the 1978 Broadway production of Grease. He's also done a lot of other stuff. He's done like uh, Pirates of Penzance at the New York Shakespeare Festival. Um, And he's done a bunch of other stuff. He's a singer. He's a dancer. He's been married four times. There you go. Yep. I believe that's what it says on his resume is singer, dancer, married four times. These guys from that era, they're all married like four or five times. It's like kind of crazy. He has a son. I'm going to tell you the name of his son. Okay. His son's name is Gatsby. Like Great Gatsby? I'm assuming so. Yeah. His name is Gatsby Richard Smith. Is the name, name of is the name of the is the name of the kid. That's uh, definitely something. If I had a friend or a child named Gatsby, anytime they did something stupid, I'd go, "Great Gatsby." That would be my <laughs> go-to, <laughs> without a doubt. Every time. Uh, he's a. Uh, his Wikipedia page is amazing because it's like it talks about like his like in 2000 he released his latest album called Simply. Rex, <laughs> which is like amazing. Uh, yeah, he had re- recording albums. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's 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 pretty amazing. Anyway, his first wife was a Playboy bunny. There his current wife's, current wife's a doctor. That's a, uh, there you go. 
it's the entire spectrum of the human experience uh, mm-hmm. summed up in those two of his four marriages. Uh, so he shows up in his fucking daredevil outfit, which truly freaks out uh, David Bruce Banner Belson because it really does look like a weird fetish outfit, like in a weird way. And yeah. he's staying in this weird hotel. Like you actually maybe think something pretty fucked up about to happen. Yeah, the, Richard Ramirez is in the room right next to you. So, you know, like this is not a great place to be. And then this guy comes up. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, so uh he immediately reveals his identity to Babe just takes, Bruce Banner. Just takes off his mask right away. It's like, hey, it's me. Right away. It's like it's yeah. me. I'm I'm the guy. They go back to his house and they talk, they have a whole big talk. We learn that he has a hotline phone to the cop guy. Yeah. And this is where a David Bruce Banner a, a secret cell phone. It's very sci-fi. Yeah. It's it's hidden behind a sliding panel. Um, well, his is in the cell phone. The chief of police has a cell phone. Yes. Yeah. He's got like a giant, like the biggest tape recorder of all time connected to his phone, which seems very bad. Like I know they had smaller answering machines by that time. So uh, they have a big talk about being blind. They do a couple of blind things in this movie that I thought was very interesting. First of all, Rex Smith plays blind in that most traditional of ways, which is that he's constantly looking off to the left. Yes. That's like the way that the certain actors play blind. They're just constantly looking off to the left. So like if they're looking sort of at you, but they're all kind of looking off to the left the whole time, yeah, yeah. that's like his whole move. And um, I don't know why he's not wearing sunglasses the whole time. I don't, I wondered that too. I was like, oh, that's interesting that they didn't go with the sunglasses. I guess because Wilson Fisk is wearing sunglasses the whole sunglasses, time. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm like, also I was like, maybe they were worried about like reflection. Like that could be part of it. Wilson Fisk is wearing sunglasses the whole time. And Bixby uses that reflection on purpose because there's bits where he's talking to people and it's on his face. And then we see the reflection in his glasses from their, from his TV uh, screens. Yeah. Bixby does a good job directing this. Yeah, I told you he does some flourishes in this. He he puts more effort into this than maybe uh, you should put into a movie called the trial of the incredible Hulk that features no actual trial. Um, So uh, they talk, they get to know each other. Um, David Bruce Banner Belson learns about his origin. Yes. And he says, wait, were there turtles there that day? (laughs) Um, It's funny because they really keep Daredevil's origin very intact. Yes. Yeah. From everything from battling Jack Murdoch to, um, to the accident that lost, he lost his sight in the radioactive goop that hit him. Yep. Uh, this has one of my favorite bits though, where um, he says, I was hit in the face of this radioactive stuff. It's the last thing I saw. It's the last thing I'll ever see. And uh, David Bruce Banner Belson is like, um, Hey, I'm a doctor. Let me go take a look at your eyes. And he just like angles the lamp and he looks <laughs> in his eyes and <laughs> 10, like he'll never see you again. <laughs> Can they be fixed? He goes, Oh no, no way. <laughs> You're fucked buddy. <laughs> To be fair, Doctor David Bruce Banner Belson, he's not a he's he's not a doctor who sees patients. He was like working in science labs. He's a physicist, yeah. Uh, You know, first off, he probably shouldn't be making that call. Second, he doesn't know how to deal with people. Well, I love though the idea that all he does is like tilt the fucking lamp over a little bit and look in his eyes and go, "Oh no, you're fucked." Like it's like so fucking funny to me. (laughs) I died. I died. Uh, so they keep talking and um, David Bruce Banner Belson is like, oh, we're like, we're like, we're like atomic brothers. Like I, I, you know, you have radioactive, I have radioactive, like we're, we're very similar people here. And um, listen, bud, he's got radioactive blood. <clears throat> you bet. That's the Marvel thing, man. In the sixties, everybody was radioactive, right? That's the Hulk song. No, that's not. Isn't it? Oh no, that's Spider-Man no, song. That's Spider-Man. Right. That's embarrassing Spider-Man. for a Marvel yeah. vision podcast. Yeah. That's embarrassing, frankly. That's rough. 
so they 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 come to become buds, yeah. and uh, then Daredevil gets a phone call and says they got this lady held up, um, and he gets this. Well, this before like, the phone call, though, don't we get the flashback to how he became Daredevil? Yeah, we to, yeah like, we we talked about it. Right yeah, I just love it. I just think it's a great sequence. No, it's funny. He's like, uh, yeah, because he just happens to be walking into the courtroom one day, the yeah. courthouse one day, and the chief of police giving a press conference where he says, "What we need is some kind of crazy Daredevil." Yeah. <laughs> So Which funny. I do love that the chief of police is like, I don't know, we can't do anything. Maybe it's time for vigilante justice. <laughs> um, so he gets this this message. The, the whole thing is just like this dumb, like, like it's like s- sort of Batman sixty six, where it's like the web, and then it turns out that it's this old movie studio that was yeah. covered in cobwebs for years. So everybody calls it the web. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know I, why that happened. I don't know. I have no like idea. why that whole like di- diversion happens. I, I could I not have tell no you. Idea. But he's going to go check it out. And David Bruce Banner is like, oh, you need help. And then he's like, no, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to do this by myself. And anyway, don't you like, don't you not like helping? And uh, he's like, are you pity me? And, and David, David Bruce Banner Belson says, no, I think that you and I are very much alike. We're both yes. Marvel superheroes. So Daredevil goes to this old movie studio, which turns out well, it's first a we get to trap. Daredevil kind of like run through, run over roofs of houses in the suburbs. Yeah, there's like a little bit of proto parkour. Yeah. It really is suburbs. It really is like he is like out there. Uh it's very funny. Uh he jumps from roof to roof. And David Bruce Banner Belson um gets a phone call on the on the on the Daredevil phone. And uh he just really he realizes that this is a trap. He has yeah. to go help Daredevil. So Daredevil walks right into this trap, or I should say he dances right into this trap. He's very, again, he's very light on his feet. Uh, and uh, it's a pretty good trap, frankly, because he goes into this place where the lady is all tied up. And then the kingpin, who's there wearing an incredible fucking headset. Incredible headset. And he starts chewing on the, on an antenna in the scene. And I love At the end it. of the scene, he chews on an antenna. But the headset is like, it's a big headset, and it's got a huge fucking antenna coming out of the side yeah. of it. It yeah. looks like he's calling the game at a football game. Like, yes. it really, that's what it looks like. And um, he starts talking to Daredevil, and he tells him that uh, you're fucked, and they start playing this horrible noise. Well, first they the try lights. They fill the room with lights, and nothing, and he's fine. And then they do the noise, and it hurts him. And then they beat the crap out of him. They slow mo beat him. They yes. really like are pretty ginger yeah, it's about a it. Real, it's a real. Uh, uh, this is just a practice run. Let's just make sure we got all the beats down. And then the like, premise. Oh, we it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, we, we filmed the rehearsal, so it's <laughs> fine, guys. Don't worry about it. Uh, the premise here is that Kingpin is going to film Daredevil being killed, yeah. and he's going to show it to the other mobsters and yes. convince them that he's the best mobster. Yes. Because he's got the city on lock. He's got the city on lock. He has no more enemies. Yeah. And David Bruce Banner show, Belson shows up and he's locked out and he sees Daredevil being sort of like slowly punched inside there. Like kind of just tapped really mostly. Yeah. And he down. This angers David Bruce Banner Belson and he turns into the Incredible Hulk, busts him, runs through, um, beats up the guys, then picks up Daredevil walks him into the next room, puts him down. The Hulk begins to look like confused and dazed. Yes. And then, so earlier in the, I, I want to take it back a step, one step. Earlier in the show, when they first met, Daredevil says, Matt Murdock says, 
kind of take a picture of your face. Yes. And then he does that thing that blind people do, I think only in movies and TV. I've never seen this happen in real life. I've never heard about this happening. I've always wondered if this happens in real life because I've never seen it in real life. I've met a number of blind people. I've known people that know blind people. I've never heard of this happening in real life. If somebody has a story about this happening in real life, let me know. He does that movie and TV thing where a blind person rubs their hands all over somebody's face to get an idea of what they look like. Yeah. That's important because now when the Hulk puts him down- Which is a great moment, by the way, in Howard Stern's Private Parts movie. When he when he's in college and he asks the the blind girl out and she's like can I and she like goes to feel his face but it's his chest and she keeps going up and then gets to his face and she's like no <laughs> she just walks away. That um, made me laugh. Uh, so he uh, Daniel starts coming too, and the Hulk is like looming over him. This whole scene is so charged with homoeroticism, I could not believe it. You, you know how how charged with homoeroticism it is. How they forget to save Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> don't even think about it. <laughs> They're only interested in each other. Um, so, so they uh, Daredevil starts with his gloves on, rubbing yep. his hands all over the Hulk's face, and it, I guess we're supposed to believe he looks like David Bruce Banner Belson. I guess so. Yeah. But what happens is that Daredevil is like moaning while he does this. It's like yep. so weird. It's like so weird. And then it cuts back to the Hulk has changed back into David Bruce Banner Belson, who is leaning over Daredevil topless and sweaty. Yep. It looks like he has just finished rogering Daredevil. It really yep. does look like that. It is a wild fucking scene. Like it is like really intriguing to me that how this was shot. Like I don't, yep. it was, so, it's something else. Um. So now Daredevil knows that David Bruce Banner, when he was earlier ranting about how he changes, he meant it quite literally yes. that he changes into the Incredible Hulk. Um, so uh, she, uh, the lady Ellie Ellie Mendez, Mendez uh, is now stuck with Edgar, and we have He's a whole subplot. It's so fucking She's creepy. Got the weird thing is that, like if we were at a restaurant. And I saw you. Did you watch? You watched Picard, right? You uh, watched, I watched Picard, the first right? Season. I didn't watch the second season. You watch second season. There's a bit in the second no. season where they go back in time, and one of the characters, Captain Rios, meets this lady from the past, and they kind of like hit it off, and he takes her immediately back to his spaceship. It's so fucking dumb. But they do this thing where she's like, they're like just met, and she goes like, "All right, imagine that we've been together for ten years, and our relationship hasn't been working." And we're on a road trip together. And it's just been a hard road trip. We're staying the night in a motel. Tell me one thing that you've never told me in the 10 years we've been together. And I was like, what kind of fucking flirting is this? This is insane. And my he does the exact same Jack? thing here. <laughs> like my, I guess my male name is Jack. I don't know. Uh, it's the exact same thing that Edgar does here. He goes, yeah, if we were in a restaurant and you saw, I saw you across the room and I sent you a bottle of champagne, what would you say? And I was like, what, what the fuck? Like, this is so weird. Yeah, and it, it's, it's weird. so... It's so nonsensical that once she's a captive, he has a thing of champagne and a rose for her. Yeah. And there's like a whole there's a whole bunch of scenes of this. And Wilson Fisk demands that she's killed, in fact, and Edgar can't do it because he loves her too much. Maybe that's the reason why. I mean, that's one hundred percent the reason why. But it's just weird and creepy because he he's he's just a weird, creepy guy. Yeah, you could just have him be like, "I can't kill this woman. She's an innocent." Like that, that's yeah. enough. It's it's like really uncomfortable. Yeah, it's real unsettling. And he starts making him wear like lingerie and stuff. Yep. It's real yep. weird. Yeah, it's pretty bizarre and it's not great. Although it I is do like, like Ellie's response to him though, after he says all that. 
she says I would I, I, I she says I would invite you over because you seem like a nice man, but then I would learn that you're a murderer and you're not a nice man at all. Yep, yep, I like that. Ellie's got two. She's got that bit, and earlier in the train when when they, she gets attacked in the train, and she says to the crazy guy, she says, uh, "Someday you'll do something good for this world. You'll die." Like, yeah, it's a good, a good line. line. I'm like, I can remember line. that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to give credit though. It made me really uncomfortable, which is good art. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I mean, they definitely like, did not think it was not uncomfortable. Like, they weren't yeah. like, "Oh, this is a great romantic scene that shows you that Edgar's a caring person." It was meant to be like, "This is creepy. This guy's a creepy weirdo." So, and they did it. They pulled it off. So, Fisk is going to have a big meeting with all the rest of the crime bosses to get himself crowned as the kingpin of crime. Now, keep uh, in but mind it turns- where these crime bosses are from when they show up. Where are they from? They're from New York, Chicago, Chicago no, LA. No, Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles, Missouri. No New York. Because I mean they're they're they they're they maybe in New York. Yeah. I mean they're they're in the city, but they're there's mountains the everywhere. They even talk about the mountains because the guy that owns the SRO is like, oh, this fist towers ruin my view of the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's the Rumble in the Bronx, New York. <laughs> what do you think John Reese Davies felt about doing this? I think he felt he was on set for two days. Yeah, I feel like he felt like pretty good about making money, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he went on to do sliders. Which, right by the this. way, keep in mind, same year as Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. And that was the last one of those. So for him, as far as he knew, and so yeah. he probably was like, you know what, I gotta, I gotta get some other work. He actually worked a bunch. He actually made some pretty fucking terrible movies, frankly. Yeah, I mean, the guy, he's a worker. You know, he's a working actor. Like he, I, I would be surprised if there's much of a gap in his in his IMDb page. I'm like, looking right now at his filmography on Wikipedia, and he has not missed a year. Uh, he's not missed a year. Uh, he's not anything in 2022 yet. Okay. But he has not missed a year since 1970, 1981. Yeah, dude's a worker. He, he had he had he had 1980 off. Okay, he's a worker. Like he, he gets it done. And now he he's does old. Get it maybe done. he's retired now. I wouldn't be surprised. If he's oh, those are just his movies. Oh, and actually, he worked every single year because he did TV too. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, he must have. The premise here is that Kingpin's going to be the recurring villain on Daredevil, right? Yeah, I would think so. I would think that's what the draw for him was. Was like, oh, if this gets picked up the series, I'll have a, I'll have a, I'll have a gig 22, yeah. 24 hours a year. Yeah, I'll yeah. get twenty two episodes. Good to go. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the, and residuals and yeah, this will keep me. And then he went and did sliders right after this. There you go. That worked out very well for him. That was like, I came across an episode of Sliders on MeTV. Oh, really? Yeah, I got a, a thing for my Roku where I can watch MeTV. I can watch Heroes and Icons TV. I can watch Grit TV. I can watch Decades TV. And all they do is show reruns from our, our childhood. Oh, and the, look at my life. The, the world is so horrible that I just want to sit there and watch episodes of Welcome Back, Cotter. Now that's, that's all that I want. I just want to watch like fucking WKRP in Cincinnati and like just zone out. Like I do not want to deal with anything anymore because everything is so horrible. I've been watching Superman and Lois. That's pretty bad. It's a pretty good show, actually. It's pretty, it's pretty well done. The, wait, the... The one with the Dean Cain? No, oh, the, the new, new one. one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. I watched a couple episodes. Um, I just couldn't get over his face. Yeah, that takes a little getting used to. That. Superman with, with Five O'Clock Shadows is a little weird. Yes, it's really weird to me. Like, yeah. I, He's a good-looking guy, but he just a, has a weird face for Superman, a, I feel like. He's got the right voice, and he's got the right like cadence to him. 
It's just the five o'clock shadow. Like it's like, shoot, man, you gotta shave. Yeah, he looks, he looks, he looks naughty. Yeah. Like, yeah. At, like you know what I mean? Like he has like a look to him, like oh, this guy's this guy's trouble. He's mischievous, yeah. and he, that's not Superman. So it's like very, it's very troubling for me. Um, they did something spoilers, uh, but like what? throughout the season, there's this whole thing of the first season at least. There's a whole thing of like the the U.S. government having a bunch of kryptonite and like they're writing in case he ever goes bad. And he's like, I'm against you guys having that. I think it's wrong. And then sure enough, things go crazy at the end. And at the end of the season, the U.S. government's like, we're going to destroy all that kryptonite. He's like, no, you should really keep it. <laughs> he's, he's like, I almost went evil. And who know, like, there's nothing to stop me if you guys don't have that. So right. be prepared to kill me at any time. And I like that. I like that he's a Superman who's like, yeah, you can trust me. He's not, he's like, you can trust me, but like, let's be ready in case somebody takes over my mind again. Like, let's not, let's not play cheap with this. I appreciated that. I think that was a very Superman thing to do. That is good. Yeah. Um, so David Bruce Banner Belson takes uh, Matt Murdock back home and uh, helps him, uh, treats his injuries. And uh, they tell everybody that he fell down some stairs. And he's a blind guy, so everybody totally buys it. Yeah. The thing Hedeman's is that- like, I fall downstairs all the time. <laughs> Matt Murdock, unfortunately, though, is like, oh, I, I fucked up. I can't be Daredevil anymore. Like, this is no good. I'm no good. And uh, Which, fairness, all we've seen Daredevil do so far is get beat up. Yeah, he's not particularly great at what he he's does. Not. Oh, we missed um, his buddy. Right? Daredevil's, uh, like, homeless buddy. I forgot what that guy's name is, but he's from the, the Turk. That's why I bring yeah, him up. The Turk. Yeah, the Turk. Yeah. Yeah, they have a the Turk. There's a scene where the he Daredevil goes to the Turk for some information and like threatens him or whatever, and then I guess gives him money uh, yeah. because the Turk then takes that to a bar, which I'm going to say in my head is Josie's bar. Yeah, I agree. That's what I'm going to say. That's Josie's, which is the yeah. the the thug bar from the Daredevil comics. Um, that has been a very important feature in all superhero comics ever since it was introduced there. Um, but yeah, so that happens. But that's like such a minor. There's like, it, yeah, it's such I just a. It was, it was weird that Foggy Nelson doesn't make it in, but Turk does. <laughs> you know? uh, so uh, David Bruce Banner Belson is really inspired by Matt Murdock and yes. says, "Oh, he's used these. He's used this thing for good. Like he's actually like embraced it. Like he's a radioactive weirdo, just like I am. But he's he's actually embraced it." And so he's like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to help you. And they, uh, they work together to get Matt back on his feet. Yeah. And then, Which takes uh, all about 12 minutes. Yeah. It, no, not even that. I mean, 12 minutes in their world or 12 in minutes world. in the movie. In yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's nothing. It's so, it's so fast. They have to go save Ellie Mendez and, uh, they go to the fist tower and they have this whole plan on how to get in. Uh, Daredevil's like, Oh, you know, we're going to go to this roof over there and yada 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 and then daredevil's like there's only one hallway so we're gonna have to reuse it a couple of times <laughs> they split up because um david bruce banner belson is going to go rescue her while daredevil's going to go confront wilson fisk the kingpin yes and he ends up in this hallway fight with four people who one of them is this woman who we had seen a couple of times she's like this ice woman i don't know who's like i don't know what her deal is frankly um what was that Electra. No, she's not Electra. No, she's not. She's not. Um, she's like wearing like a leather skirt and stuff like yeah. that. And she like stands around a lot. Daredevil beats the shit out of her. Like it was kind no, of he weird. He just throws another guy into her and then she falls down. It's well, he it's two women that he hurts in this movie. 
Yes. Yeah. He does electrocute the other lady. Yeah. It's weird. And he throws this guy into her and they smush against the wall. Um, he has this fight scene. There's a bit where he jumps up into the ceiling and crawls like Spider-Man on the ceiling, I guess. Yeah, that was weird. That was really weird. <laughs> if that's who was in their movie for a minute. This is one of those classic scenes that was like a multiple guys fighting one guy and all yeah. the other guys just stand around watching. Yes. Yeah. Um, they can't shoot him because the meeting's going on inside and King the Wilson Fisk is showing all the what? Where Kingpin gave everyone glasses filled with diamonds and one guy just pours them into his pocket. And I was like, that dude's awesome. That dude was like, yep. <laughs> Take him yeah, he gives everybody glasses full of diamonds. They're obviously fucking plastic. And yeah. uh He's showing them the video of Daredevil being beat up. He's pretending that Daredevil is killed. He must know that Daredevil isn't killed, right? No, because he saw the video that the Hulk comes and saves him, and he tells his he tells Edgar like cut it before that happens, like cut it like right. when Daredevil falls, and before the Hulk shows up, so that it looked like he's dead. So he's they like, can't... He's surely he's dead. They punched him three times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... They can't shoot him in the hallway because all the mobsters are in the other room, and if they hear gunfire, they're going to know that Daredevil's alive, I guess. Yeah. And so they have to fight Daredevil hand-to-hand, and he just takes care of them. Uh, and then Daredevil busts into the room, and there's all this Michigas. And well, meanwhile, the- Edgar's hanging out with Ellie, Mendez, and the crazy guy from the train shows back up, and he's like, oh, we should, we should sexually assault her some more. And Edgar's like, no. And he's like, well, then you're going to have to suffocate her. <laughs> That's how that goes. So, so he's dealing with that. That's what Edgar's dealing with at this point. Um, so uh, uh, they, you know, I mean, what happens now is just like Ellie, Ellie gets away and, and, and well, Daredevil. Yeah. None, well, none of this is interesting, right? I mean, well, like Dave, not- Dave Bruce Banner Belson shows up to save Ellie. Right. And, and David and, and Edgar take out the guy, the, the crazy guy. And then Edgar's like, I guess it was wrong for me to hold you captive. And it's like, you would fall in love with me. And he's like, I, I'll help you leave. And that's how she gets out. And and then, yeah, Daredevil comes crashing through the, the movie screen. <laughs> Which is, by the way, uh, styrofoam. Yes. But I imagine well, that's what they would be, right? I don't know. No, I have no idea a movie screen is fucking, it's a sheet, man. But I'm saying the sheet is in front of the styrofoam. I, I don't know how that kind of thing works for those. Why would you put day. styrofoam behind the sheet in an office? You would just put the sheet against a you would put the sheet against the wall or something, or just have it hanging down in the middle of the room. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. It's because he wanted to break through something, and then they just yeah. have styrofoam. Yeah. And I just like that everybody it, has to keep crawling through it afterwards. Everybody runs out through it, uh, and then you know uh, nonsense happens, uh, uh, and then they end up on the roof. They chase him up to the roof. The kingpin up to the roof and David Bruce Banner Belson never turns into the Hulk. Uh, nope. He's done being the Hulk. He's the Hulk three times in this. Yeah. And that's it. And uh, they get to the roof and <laughs> kingpin goes into like uh, a room that Daredevil can't get there in time. And Daredevil uh, is like standing outside and then the walls fall down from this like room on top of the building and <laughs> almost crushed Daredevil. Yeah. And then uh, kingpin and Edgar are in a, uh, Thunderbirds jet that yes, says Fisk awesome. on the size. It's like the <laughs> Thanos copter. Yep, it's great. I loved it. And in the best moment of the movie, it takes off and Daredevil pumps his fists in the air. Yeah. Out of anger. Like, yes, oh, you, you rascal. You don't run the city anymore. You rascal, you. Yeah. Well, he yells at me, this isn't your city. 
And then the the rocket takes off and flies between the buildings. Yes. Looks like shit. Like absolutely crazy. You could yes. like, you could see the wire basically. One month it's, later, Batman. <laughs> it's amazing the shift we've seen in our lifetime that this was Marvel and Batman was DC. Yep. And now DC is the CW. The next day at the office, Pediman realizes something has changed on Fist Tower, and it is, in fact, that jet bay that has come down. Yeah. And David Bruce Banner leaves town uh, to go once again wander to the Lonely Man almost get hit by a car. Almost get by a car. He's walking on the road. It's like, dude, move over. They are – they they leave his friends. Uh, David Bruce Banner is energized by his experience with Matt Murdock, wanders off into the streets – Matt Murdock decides to stay in the city and defend it as Daredevil and also as Matt Murdock. And then that's the end of the movie. Yeah. What'd you think of this one? I thought it was terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. It's really boring. It's shockingly dull. I don't know how that happened. And there's no, it's there's really no boring, which is, which is sad. Well, they, they, I don't think he's in any of these movies, right? Was he, he was in the last in the, one? No, he was in the last one. He's not in this okay. one because, uh, uh, in, before they started filming, he had a stroke. The actor had a stroke, so he can. Well, that would have been terrible if he they yes. made him be in this. Yeah, that would have been horrible. So the last one, the Thor one, is the last time he ever appeared in any of these. Uh, yeah, this one's really bad. Uh, it is pretty terrible. Um, it's very boring. Uh, Daredevil again. They do radar sense and they do some good stuff with his powers. I think they do more with his powers again than Netflix did. I feel like Netflix just made him. He's just a ninja. Yeah, um, I mean, somebody's going to disagree that with they me. They both have hallway fights. They do have both have hallway fights. Yeah. Black suit, hallway fights. They take their time letting you know what his powers are. It's all very similar. Um, so it's really it's pretty boring. Uh, there's like a good premise in here, like that David Bruce Banner's on trial and Matt Murdock's his lawyer. It's a pretty good premise. Like that's yeah. a good place to start a story like yeah. this. Yeah, they don't really go anywhere with it. Um, well, there's no uh, trial. They never go to trial. John Reese Davies, I think, is miscast as kingpin although he gives he does his best is he even kingpin he's wilson fisk i mean they call him wilson fisk but he's so much more like obsessed with like like video equipment than anything else like that's his whole thing is like i love taping stuff like is he like a a a super criminal like it's just weird it's very weird yeah, I mean, you know, this is that's why I think that the fact that they were so um, faithful to Daredevil's origin is interesting because they just don't care about the rest of the stuff. No, you know what I mean. They just use the name Wilson Fisk and the tower, and he's a fat guy, and he's yeah. you know he's a crime guy. Um, they just use that, and then they don't use his his supporting cast or anything like that. But they kept his origin very, very, very close to the original origin. Yeah. So it's weird, but they don't really care about this stuff. They're not really yeah. interested in being that. So they're just like, okay, so he's a fat crime lord in a office building okay let's what how do we want to do that like they don't really take into account what that character let's is. 80s it up they really 80s it up yeah it's yeah. a pretty bad fucking movie um it was uh it's very funny frankly yes. yeah uh not on purpose no uh yeah. and uh Again, Bill Bixby does some interesting shots. There's a good bit where they're in the hallway, and it's a shot from the point of view of the security camera as Daredevil breaks it with yes. his baton. But the thing is, his baton hits off to the side of the camera because they couldn't really hit the camera. Like yep. it's like very funny. It's like very yeah. very funny. Yeah. And then there's um, like a star wipe that turns it off. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh yeah so uh yes it's it's not very good the next movie is the death of the incredible hulk yes which i remember watching and being very upset with um and it opens with uh david bruce banner belson uh pretending to be mentally disabled yes so Uh, that's going to be an uh, one day when we do that one on this show that's going to be a hell of an episode it's not available, huh? No, at least I, I could not find it. Spoilers. I'm going to say spoilers for this. He, he actually dies. In Death of the Incredible Hulk? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he falls off a helicopter and dies. He really dies. Yeah, he really actually dies. Like, it's not like Trial of the Incredible Hulk. No, he, really he dies. It ends with him dead. Yeah. 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 He falls off a helicopter. No, he's on a plane that blows up, I think is what it is. I'm pretty sure it's a helicopter, if I remember. I don't know. It's uh, been a long time since I saw it. Uh, but he does. He's an exploding plane, and I think, but it's like a probably like a, a Cessna. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and he falls and he dies. Um, they were going to bring him back to life, though. They were going to make a movie called Revenge of the Incredible Hulk. Yes, but, but then uh, Bill Bixby died. Yeah, well, Bixby also apparently directed Death of the Incredible Hulk. Well, there you go. So, I guess I mean these must have done pretty well ratings wise that they kept making them. Yep, that's pretty interesting, but not enough to like get a Daredevil TV show. So there you go. Or a Thor one, because that was clearly supposed to be a Thor movie or a TV show as well out of that. So who knows? Well, I'm looking at some information about what the Revenge of the Incredible Hulk was going to be, and it was going to be the Hulk with Bruce Banner's mind. Well, that's interesting. Huh. It was um, also the Death of the Incredible Hulk was supposed to have She-Hulk in it. Yeah, at one point, and then maybe Iron Man. Uh... Anyway, uh, we'll maybe one day do that. It, uh, you know, this was not very good. Uh, I'm glad I watched it though because it was interesting to see the first live action Daredevil again. I have not watched this since it debuted in 1989, so it was interesting to revisit it. But yeah, all right. Like, do we do we do enough talking about the trial of the Incredible Hulk? Can we end this? Yeah, I think so. I think Derek. Where can they find you on the internet? They can find me on Twitter at wh underscore woolhat. You can find me on Twitter, Devin CF. We'll be back again uh, at the end of the week with our first episode about Ms. Marvel, yeah. debuting this week on Disney+. Plus. Also, you can listen to us talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi on Bad Batch, a Star Wars TV show podcast that we do for subscribers only at the Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash cinemasanga. We'll see you again in a couple of days. Until then, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, may you be well. But most of all, may you remain a true believer. Mm-hmm.